to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, become a sponsor, or do all the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter at Block Talk NYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's time for a ball, darling, a bag ball. We've got 36 looks on the runway in a jam-packed, action-filled, drama-laden episode, and we're going to break it all down in another recap of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. And joining me is someone who knows a thing or two about the race. It's Season 11 star and Glam Award winner, Honey Davenport. How are you? I'm good, sitting in here, chilling. I'm at my L.A. apartment right now. It, uh, I mean, for the listeners, it's it's a gorgeous view. Oh, my God. <laughs> thanks. 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 I, I have to be honest, though, even though it's a blizzard in New York, I miss my family a lot there right now. Yeah. Really, it, especially you, with the recent Glamour Award win. I just wish I wish I could be there for a second right now and then get back to this warmth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, ho- hopefully we'll be in a place where everyone can travel again and you'll be back in New York, get it to perform and getting to hear all your new music and everything. Oh, there is so much. I'm so excited for this next project. It is legit my dream. So yeah, well, we hopefully, hopefully soon. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully soon we'll get you back. Yeah, my kitty down here might join in at any point. She likes to just randomly jump on me when I'm doing Zoom stuff. I love that. Yeah, I've definitely had podcasts before where we've had um, feline and canine friends join us. And it's always fun for me to see see some pals. Yeah, right now she's kind of uh doing leg warm-ups around my stand computer stand, so <laughs> nice. who knows how this is going down but she will not be ignored for very long that's all absolutely I have to say. <laughs> um so how have you been enjoying the season so far it's great yeah it's epic it's really really good i okay so i always feel like the seasons where and they did this in nine they did this in 12 and they did this in uh 13 now where they don't eliminate girls in the beginning mm-hmm. it gives you a chance to really build a connection with everyone and you give yeah. a shit and yeah. like for me i know drag race was about building my platform and building my audience and so i think the more time you give each contestant to build their audience so like not eliminating anybody for the first few episodes to really let us gain a connection and have somebody i was like I was like jealous a little bit because I was like, bitch, I went home on episode three. And by episode three, nobody had been eliminated. Right, exactly. And I was like, what I would have killed to be like, have, you know, in the first episode where in recent seasons, they've gotten to feature, you know, four and five looks. Mm -hmm. Like, bitch, like absolutely for the look queens out there, I I would live. Um, so I get a little bit jelly when I when I watch that shit happen on new seasons, but I'm really, really at the heart of it, really excited that they are giving Queens exposure like that because Absolutely. my life is different because of the exposure it gave me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really nice to be able to get to know all the contestants in a way that is um, 
rewarding to them still. I mean, sure, they went through some um, emotional turmoil with all these twists and turns because I'm sure that was not easy to be told. You're getting a pork chop and then coming back and not craziness. But that's also reality TV. And they're going to do that to you for for ratings. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice. And this cast is very, very strong. Yeah, so strong. Like, it's a cat. And here's the thing. When you have a cast this strong, I think that's what happened in season seven. And I think that's what happened in season 11. Sometimes when you get a cast this strong, you like, it. it's easy for everybody to get lost in the sauce because everybody's so great. Yeah. But this time, what I think they're doing really good is that they're not letting us lose anybody. They are showing us everybody's strengths, everybody's weaknesses. You know, there is a, a there is somebody there's something that you can personally identify with in every single character. On Absolutely, the show. that is good storytelling. So mm-hmm. I like congratulate the story the the, the producers and the, the storyline producers for their amazing job this season because I think that this is some of the best storytelling that we've seen on the the, yeah. on the whole franchise. And I'm sure you have some personal connections with some of the cast this season too. You know, I thoroughly love Tina Burner. Um, mm-hmm. She's a fucking monster, but she's been my friend <laughs> for a really, really long time. Um, I've always, always loved her and appreciated her art. I think she's phenomenal. Uh, I had her on an episode of my YouTube show, The Fuck, which you should watch. It's really mm-hmm. fucking hysterical. Um, we go back, we got tons of history. And I think that like people always joke that she auditioned so many times. It's like, Y'all should be real nervous because every time she auditioned, she got better and yeah. better and better each year. So y'all who put in the tape three and four times ago, y'all just had a little bit of ride to wave. If she would have got on then, she would have been in your place. But quite frankly, she's a lot further. Yeah. Um, but also, it's people who aren't a lot further in their careers, but also are for, for phenomenal performers, is Olivia Lux. Like, Absolutely. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's the current reigning Miss Paradise which when I got on Drag Race, I was the current reigning Miss Paradise. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and she probably has yeah. one of the best smiles the show has ever had. Oh gosh. Okay, now you're coming for me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really it's really cool to see, um, to really have like Tina and Olivia in the same room because they really never interacted in New York. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it shows how big our community is in New York City. You know, honestly, I had interactions with her, but I didn't have a friendship with Sugar Kane before the show. Mm-hmm. And Sugar Kane is one of my favorite entertainers, favorite people of yeah. all time. So like the connections and relationships you built there are, they can be really real. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's dive into the episode because there, there's there's a lot to discuss. So it's after the elimination. Discussing. Yeah, it, we're back in the workroom. Denali is devastated to send her closest friend home. Um, but at Kamora Hall, they love... Everyone's now going to just refer to her as Kamara Hall. Um, <laughs> From the house of Hall. Yeah. Denali knows everyone sees her as a bottom bitch now, but she just wants the girl's respect. And I'm sure it's psychologically tough when you're in the bottom for the first time like that. I like bottoming. <laughs> um, yeah. So does apparently Lala Ree. She likes being in the bottom, um, but it's a bad feeling. But Denali opens up and says lip syncing is even worse. Really, so, I feel like we're honored to have had as many lip syncs of Denali as we absolutely. Have had. She's she, such a phenomenal performer that I hope that she 
now, since it has filmed, has seen how great that has been for her life. Like yeah. another thing, bitch, like if they had let me lip sync three times against just one person at a time. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a game changer. Lip sync one time against just one person. Like, <sighs> I, I think that I am the only, at, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna be the only drag race queen to never have just lip synced against one person yeah. with the exception of people who won and didn't lip sync at all. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I can go on for hours about your wrongful elimination, but uh. Uh, <laughs> if you listen back to that episode, I was furious. I was uh, like, fuck uh, this show. <laughs> well, little do many people know I wouldn't have had as great of a time if not for people like you really helping me uh in, in the year before that happened and i really appreciate oh, it i mean I, i'm here for you i, I got gotcha. you mm-hmm. <laughs> so the discussion goes back to who should have been in the bottom and candy is back to saying it's elliot um i don't know where this rivalry started from but they they are not here for each other but um why should elliot have been in the bottom no i think she just does not see elliot as at the same level of, of drag they're just two different drag artists yeah, I don't understand her not liking Elliot. That's really strange to yeah. me. Um, but girls fail to realize this in Drag Race. If you really don't like somebody and you want them to go home, that's not when you collectively all say, I don't like this person. Yeah. Because look at people like Shangela, look at people like Tyra. That's when they stay forever. Mm-hmm. If nobody likes them, they're here till the end. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I and mean, not that I wanted Shangela to go anytime sooner. I, I think she should have won. But if you look at season three, when they all were like, oh, Shangela, oh, Shangela, she was going around for a couple more episodes because everybody disliked her. Um, yeah. So it was fueled to the fire. So, like, if you're really trying to get rid of this hoe, then don't continually come for her. Yeah. Also, this fight that happened, I guess we'll get there. Let's get, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, get we'll, we'll get to that one. But yeah, th- this one was more of the, uh, Elliot was brought back um, and she's sorry that she, she's not the taste of the week, but Elliot isn't here to listen to the peasants and what they have to say about her. Right. So Candy goes on and talks about how it felt being so close to congratulations, you're the winner, and says that Simone is her biggest competition right now with two wins under her belt. Mm-hmm. And this idea is immediately stopped by Miss Tamisha Amon, who is coming for her. Uh, Tamisha says that she is competition, but not her biggest competition, and brings Candy down a little bit. Um, she this, felt, yeah, this, this sparks. Me, it sounded to me, and this is just me hearing it, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't react the same way, but it, her position was threatened when she wasn't looked at as the biggest competition. Yeah, She's been she has the most lineage. She has raised legit drag legends. You know what I'm saying? She's the mother of legends, things I know about. (laughs) Um, Who has uh, more kids, Tamisha or you? Tamisha, for sure. She's been doing drag for 30 (laughs) years, which is more than double the amount of time that I've been doing it. Um, (laughs) um, uh, Yeah, Tamisha's like legit. My my grandma collects his Davenport age. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like the real deal. And I could understand somebody wanting to feel like their actual competition when they are the real fucking deal and feel slept on. 
I mean, I understand how feeling slept on could cause that. And you're you're shooting a reality TV show. Their cameras pointed in your face. They're going to catch you on some of your off insecure moments. Mm-hmm. And I think personally that that wasn't that taking taking something that Candy said about Simone, which wasn't had nothing to do with Tamisha. She's right. irrelevant in that conversation. Um, taking that personally was like, uh, okay. And equally, Candy's response was, it, it, it wasn't how I like to carry myself as a queen. Right. Now, I'm also the same girl who, if you dig back in my past, that I was dragging motherfuckers out of no parking by their hair because they said the wrong fucking thing. So yeah. it, it depends on which day you catch a bitch at. So I, I, I think that in the grand scheme of things in filming a reality show that nobody did anything wrong, everybody expressed what their emotions were at that time, which is what we want to see. Yeah. And the collision of those emotions was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you're you're catching them at a, a, a high stress moment, right. and and you're going to have people clash. And and at the end of the day, it, these are real people, and we we know they're real people, but they're also contestants on a reality show. It, it's it's a pressure cooker. It's going to happen. Yeah. So Candy says that the only thing that stopped her from winning was her look, and that next week she will come back with her looks and storm the challenge, and she'll be a winner. Uh, and she says if she feels like she's not competition, then that's on them. We hear that Tamisha in confessional say that Candy needs to get back in line with the rest of them with her twisted, busted wig. She's not wrong, but that's where she's saving her, her digs at. Okay, she saves her digs for the confessional room, which is real. But also, like, I didn't think that Candy's wig was twisted and busted. Oh, the blonde one. Yeah, the blonde one from the, the week before, yeah. Oh, uh, from the week before. Yeah, because this wig, I will say, this week, from the neck up, Candy Muse was murdering it. it I, I had a problem with some of the lo- to the, the garments, but, like, the mug and the hair were laid. Especially Absolutely, yeah. last wig that, that she had on. That mm-hmm. Oh, that was gorgeous. Top. That was gorgeous. And I love that her and Simone and even Olivia are really celebrating Afro- uh, centric hairstyles on the yeah. show, which is really great to see. Absolutely. Um, so Rosé reminds her uh, that she came in saying that the cast is going to be spicy and that Candy is the sriracha of the cast. And that very much checks out. Um, Tamisha says she works off negative vibes. Candy has lit a fire under her ass now and she can't stand arrogance, especially if you're not on her level. And this will be the plot line for Untucked. Candy then goes on. On my my level idea, like people have this on my level idea. First off, progress is not linear. So everyone is on everybody's level. We're all moving towards the same goal of the universe at a different pace. And they're both on the show at the same time. Yeah, and you're both on the show at the same time. So you're legitimately at the same professional level right now. You're both on the same show on the same episode in the same grouping. Yeah. Like neither of you are the winner of any challenge, so mm-hmm, it's true. So like, so you are at the same exact place right now. Yeah. Well, Candy says that even though Tamisha has been doing drag for five hundred years, doesn't mean she's better than her. Tamisha is going to find herself a new enemy if she doesn't shut the fuck up. It's going to be fun. So okay, it's reality TV. Yeah. Please, Tamisha, don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> also, I, it's it's actually a fair fight. 
That's what's funny to me because I think that Tamisha does have some lineage and some years and raising some legends on Candy. And Candy, she's got a big ass, beautiful personality that is really gorgeous, I think, to watch on reality TV. And Absolutely. I even think that her response was so real. Like a lot of people are coming for her response, but baby, this is how it feels when a person gets pushed sometimes. And she definitely got pushed for something that wasn't addressed to Tamisha in the first place. Right. So she like, but I love that she stepped up and had a problem with it because like real talk, if I was a bitch in that room who you didn't see his competition, I'm not about to sit quiet while we on a reality TV show. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I hope that the collision of these two big personalities teaches us something at some point because it's typical like grade A drag drama, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a badass bitch and she didn't think I was a badass bitch and she coming for me so she trying to prove her. Da -da 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 -da. It's like the same shit you see all the time, and hopefully we see this drag legend who's been in the game for 30 years and this beautiful up and coming superstar um, teach each other something in this experience. Yeah. Like, I hope this was round one and the round two is something that they gained from it. Absolutely. It's a new day in the workroom and Rue arrives and says that they will be throwing a birthday party for the inner, uh, the inner child in each of them. They need to shake, rattle and roll for baby got back and have to get into 20 minute quick baby drag. Um, the, some of the girls look a little psycho in their uh, their looks. Yeah, um, I and some of them brought very basic looks, I, and then Tina Burner brought a fully realized mommy dearest inspired frock, and I was like, "Go off, that did, looks great." Which she apparently did in twenty minutes. But the thing <laughs> is, first off, you know that you you're the real deal when you can throw on the fantasy in twenty minutes. Yeah, I just want you to know. You can clock me even on the episode that I went home on, which was a 15-minute challenge. Fuck a 20-minute, 15-minute <laughs> challenge. And I still look like the doll, you know? And yeah. the challenge the week before that, I still look like the doll. So, like, there is a 15-minute face that I can put on. I'm not going to because um, my art is important to me. But there is a solid 15-minute face that I feel like if you've been doing drag long enough, you learn. Yeah. And it's obvious to people who have been doing it for some time, and people who haven't been doing for some time. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the looks were like all basic except for Burner. Like, yeah, it, it was just like. It was fully Mommy Dearest and I live for it. I was like, did she expect that to be a, 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 a runway? I don't think so. She knows how this works. But she's got costumes, girl. I know, all she those totally years does. she's applied. Like I told you, she is dangerous for them yeah. now. She's got everything. Yeah. Um, this challenge was definitely a dream for those with an adult baby fetish uh, fantasy, but. That's weird. I got a daddy fantasy though. Yeah. Well, I guess Rue was the daddy in the situation. I don't know. It was, it, it was choices. It was very, there were a lot of choices. Um, but we did get to hear RuPaul's birthday song, which I personally love. And I play it every um, year for my birthday on my birthday. I just play the song on repeat because it's fun and upbeat. So. Is that your I, favorite RuPaul song? No, absolutely not. What's your favorite RuPaul song? I don't know. Maybe Kitty Girl. Maybe is probably up there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot girl. of good ones. Yeah, I like Geronimo my too. One, my favorite one is Back to My Roots. Okay. Yeah. I love. I love that song. Yeah. That song has always meant a lot to me. Actually. Yeah. She she's got some good to ones. See, but... like the most famous in the 
most famous drag queen in history celebrate their ethnicity that way it's been yeah. great because you know so many times we're like oh my gosh look at that beautiful white woman when we look at RuPaul <laughs> that's just real <laughs> that's just real she got so much money she's changed fucking ethnicities it's um, true. <laughs> uh, but like that that to me is one of her just like it makes me feel good when she's that black yeah I hear that <laughs> you know uh, well, maybe next year you'll have a birthday song for everyone to be playing. Um, n- next year's my big uh, milestone, 35th birthday. So I need a, I need a good song to Oh my gosh. To. I just had my 35th birthday. I'm, I'm so like a scared of daddy it. now, right? <laughs> I just had my my birthday, what, last week, a week and a half ago. And I'm like, I, oh, I, want, a, I want a real birthday again. Oh my uh, gosh. The, COVID birthdays are the worst. I did not think I was going to have one. I really didn't think I was going to have one. But nope. here we are. Miss COVID yeah. is making sure that everybody gets a COVID birthday. She says, exactly. I am not opening up till a minimum of, of April. Exactly. Just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- th- I, w- I wouldn't say there was some big highlights in this challenge. It, it was what it was. I mean, we, we saw um, Joey J being wigless and scooting around, Elliot having a temper tantrum, Rose in her um, very fun, interesting costume, uh, Lala forgetting she was a baby. And guess what? In the end, she was deemed the winner and wins $25,000 gift card or $2,500 yeah. gift card to fiercequeen.com. But she wasn't the best baby because she wasn't no. a baby. She made her laugh and that's always <laughs> what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck the challenge. Just make the, you know, the winner, I mean, the, the show hostess laugh. Yeah. I get it. Ma- what about queen? What about queens who aren't funny? Like, isn't there a legit, legitimate position for queens in the world who aren't funny? Absolutely. And I Absolutely. feel like I sometimes feel like we've made so much space with Drag Race now that it's not become so much about the look. It's not become so much about the runway. Um, that what about queens who that is their artistry? Right. I, I, I feel, feel like, like that's now getting neglected a little bit on the show. I no. I, I also feel like, and I've, I've said it before, and. I'll say it to you. I feel like they're with the show. They're they're grooming someone who's marketable for them to put on tour and to do all these things after the show. So that's why they pick like these big performance queens or these comedy queens and give them the bigger platform. Sometimes I'm sorry, but like some queens are the look, and that is yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you have someone like Sasha Velour who won and is doing her own thing, right? Some queens and that's are fine. Look, and that is enough. And like, I'm not even just talking about drag race queens, but like there yeah. are queens who like, like, I mean, even if you look at New York from like Amanda Lepore to mm-hmm. like, cause she, she, she is the look and that is enough. You know, she is trans, but she is also a drag performer. There's tons of queens too. Like, you know, the performance isn't the gig, but the look is the gig and that's enough, you know? Absolutely. For the maxi challenge, they're throwing a bag ball. Uh, They need to serve three looks, mixed bag, which is a punny look of their choice, which includes bag in the description, money bag, which says I own everything. And then from scratch, they have to design a high fashion show-stopping look made entirely from bags, including, including grocery bags, sleeping bags, tea bags, and things of that nature. Um, and we learned that Simone is not a seamstress and she's not feeling it. Um, so she just wants but, to make sure her look is up to bar. But you know what she didn't do? Glue bags to herself. She, she sure didn't. She, 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 how do my you prepare thing, for a challenge like that before you get on the show? My thing is, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you get through this before I tell my, share my opinion. I got, okay. I got 
All right, all right, okay. So they all go for the bags, and there is a there's a fight. Um, Gottmik goes for the drawstring bags and wasn't prepared for the drag race turning into WWE. Um, Candy was going to use the bean bag, but then Miss Double T flew in like a flying squirrel and almost knocked her over, so she went for the book bags. Um, I still call them backpacks, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, she's going to go for first day college semester hoe, which true to form. Um, Candy is nervous because she got read down for her dress and winning the ball is what she wants to do. Uh, Rosé says she is nervous for the bald-headed brigade as they don't fully know how to sew. And I'm not sure if that is a term of endearment or if that's what they're calling the, the queens that are bald. I'm not really sure where that came from. Tina and Tamisha are great seamstresses of the group and no one is worried about them, but Rosé tells Elliot to stick to herself and sew up a storm and focus on her. And then we have this really beautiful moment where Utica offers assistance to Lala with the sewing machine and helps her with her automatic threader. Um, I would say I'm afraid of sewing machines as well. I, I don't like needles. I will say that after Drag Race, I'm not afraid of sewing machines because a lot of girls have spoken out now, so I'm not the first. <laughs> Those you could loosely call sewing machines. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then Utica's like, I have one of these at home. And I was like, are they, is it, is that a bad sewing machine that you're making incredible garments out of then? Mm -hmm. And if you know <laughs> how to use that machine, you can go to town, girl. And like, I swear some of them work better than others. My machine, every few stitches, like, was given out. I hate it. I hated what I made episode one for my design challenge so much that like I cried as we left the workroom the first day. I was just like, that is so ugly. Um, but I I now have a reference with yeah. between, you know, La Larie in bags and jiggly as a potato. Like <laughs> I, I'm not the I, I didn't do the worst set of design. No, not challenge. at all. No, I, 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 I officially think Lala has the worst look, and that was almost hard to do. Yeah, Lala be jiggly for me, and that was like something that I had held, held dear in my heart. That like, if jiggly ever came for me, because you know that bitch is sharp tongued, and I'm always <laughs> ready. I was gonna come for her runway because like, boom. Yeah. And now there's been somebody worse than that, and I just can't even do that anymore. Yeah. Um, stunningly gorgeous. So like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, Vinegar Strokes um, put on Instagram today. If you take if if Vanji plus Vinegar Strokes equals La La Ree for their uh, sewing challenge. Yeah, yeah, it, it checks yeah. out. But yeah, Lala just bobs. She learned how to Vandy bob. Is proof that you don't have to wear great things no. in drag. Like you don't uh -huh. have to wear great things on a runway. Like you can still be everything. Cause like, yeah, yeah. Um, but as, as you mentioned about breaking machines, Lala Ree did break her machine. And I guess it is a lot easier to do because it happens like very often on the show. It happened to my machine. It happened to Nina's machine uh, on my season. Um, me and you would Sugar think they would get like sponsorship from like brother and get these amazing machines. If they wanted everybody to be really successful at making costumes. That's fair. Okay. You got it. You're, you're, that's the team. So Simone doesn't know um, what to do, but she knows that mater her material doesn't bend. Uh, she doesn't have the sewing skills that she wants to. 
So Gottmik gives her some ideas to use rope with the beach bags. Um, she thinks Simone is one of the most beautiful girls she's seen in her life, and she needs to get out of that bad head zone. And she's right. Simone is stunning. I can't. I just Gorgeous. can't. Gorgeous. I'm Gorgeous. just so jealous of how beautiful. I just, I if she falls down the stairs, look at uh, flight of stairs, then like the one good thing that would come from that is that I'll have a place to be pretty again in this world. Like, <laughs> she's, God, she's stunning. Stunning. <laughs> So the discussion then turns to Lala as we learn that Tamisha is the first person to put Lala in drag, and she affirms this many, 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 many years ago. Lala says that Tamisha is her drag mom, but she didn't take it very, very serious until years later. Uh, Tamisha took Lala under her wing, but she uh, says they really haven't talked in years. Um, she thinks that they're both at Drag Race in order to reconnect. Um, so it, it, this is technically our first mother-daughter combo on the show even mm -hmm. though they don't really acknowledge that that's their titles to each other. Do you know who I've always wanted to be, if I ever got to go back to All-Stars, who I've always wanted to be on it with? Because yeah. while they're not my drag mother, they were like, they start started me out with my experiences in drag because I was a backup dancer for her for four years. Mm -hmm. And I really just want to get be in the bottom or be in like the top if you're an all-stars. And I want one good lip sync against Peppermint. That would be not amazing. Because I think, not because I think I can beat her, but I think if I do, if I do, like if, it's because I didn't get a lip sync at all against somebody great, I just, wow, I just came for everybody who I lip sync against, but fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but if, I, if, if, if I did get to, Lipsing against one person, I would want it to be the baddest bitch, and I think yeah. that she really is. Like, and like, I, if I ever get to do All Stars, I hope that Peppermint is there. I hope we're in the top together, and I hope that I get to lip sync against Peppermint. And it's not even that I know that I could win, but I'm gonna give that bitch a run for her money. <laughs> what, 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 what would be like the dream song to lip sync against her with? Oh my god. Um. So her thing is like definitely like old school rap and my thing is like younger uh female rappers so like somewhere in the middle like uh -huh. early 2000s rapper like me, missy something like a, a missy like song. a missy track there we okay. go I, yes get, yes, get yes. your freak on or work it i want yeah. to live like, again bitch 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 yeah that's my my there we go. All stars with peppermint and being the top and lip sync to Missy Elliott's. Hey, weekend. it's possible. We'll put it, it out in the universe. Universe, take it in. We're, we want this to happen. I've been saying, see it until you say it, girl. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So Tamisha says Amons are known for dancing, and Lala can really just buck. Uh, Tamisha says that whenever she puts a new face on a baby in drag, they become one of her kids. So Lala wasn't a mon for a day. She's not an original mon, but she's a mon at heart. Uh, Lala seemed to have run out of materials now, um, as we learned that she's hot gluing bags to herself. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Pause. Mm -hmm. But why did you put that on, though? I don't know. Because if you ran out of materials, you can look at that and you can see that it's going to be terrible. So you can yeah. say, I didn't finish my garment. I'm putting on something else. Now, you know you're going to be in the bottom now. You know that you... <laughs> If you put that on, you're going to be in the bottom. Right. And so like, like, I in the bottom and look great. So if you're, if you're allowed to give us a little bit of um, behind the scenes tea, I don't know what point of the day that was when she realized she ran out of material, but how long do you get in the process to create your look? Uh, typically three hours. Damn. 
So that must, she must have ran out of time at that point if she couldn't come back and create something else. Yeah, and it was three hours on my season. They changed that shit up all the time. Even three hours three gluing hours. that to that? Really? But it's like three hours to like create the whole look, get into drag, and eat lunch if you so choose to. So I came back emaciated. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so she's using pink and purple, and I guess that's just the cursed color combination of design challenges cut the bags in half. she didn't cut them i don't know why she didn't cut them that, that that's the simple thing to do because part of the challenge is deconstructing the bag and making it into something new so like there were people who used fabric that i can tell wasn't from the bags so like there were people who i forget who it was who clearly had an outfit constructed that the top was from bags and you can't tell me that bottom part wasn't from the mm-hmm. fns fabric wall you know what i'm saying so they clearly let some people use other things yeah. Why did she not choose to use another thing? Or like, was every single bag taken? If the top of yours is pink and purple and the bottom of yours is a hideous color of brown, it's better than not having a bottom at all. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's work through time, walk through time. Um, so before we get to Rue getting in, Tamisha's breaking needle. Candy looks like Dora the Explorer. Um, Tamisha is a big fan of balls. Um, she says it's a great place that if you don't fit in, they have so many car- categories that you're welcome to be a part of it. I have never um, attended a ball and neither has Utica because there are none where she is from. So Tamisha is ready to teach Utica about balls. Um, and it was really yeah. cool to see this moment um, where they're all uh, twirling and death dropping. And we get a little mention of Willie Ninja um, and Leon. Leon. Yeah, so have you, um, I've assumed you've been to a ball before. Yeah, I'm really familiar with ball culture. Uh, I've never been a part of the ball scene and that is really unfortunate. I love Vogue, I've watched it my whole life and I've uh, enjoyed learning the art form of it but I've never participated in balls. Yeah. Um, I've been to tons. I actually uh, got my first tattoo the day that I went to the latex ball at 18, um, my first like big ball, but I've been to tons of smaller balls in Philly growing up um, with my big cousin Curtis, who always would take me to balls. Um, and so my big first big one in New York was the latex ball. I later in life got to perform at the latex ball as a future performer. And then after during my season of drag race, I got to um, uh, be a correspondent for BET and Logo at the latex ball. So it's amazing. I'm, really familiar with ballroom culture, but as an outside spectator, I've never walked a ball. It is um, definitely something that I have had the goal for, but is never aligned with my destiny. Um, But I'm a huge fan of ballroom culture. Um, And uh, I'm an avid watcher of every ballroom throwback, every, like, you know, like I, so, uh, so yeah, it was really cool for them to feature that that way. Yeah. and, it, and it's really awesome for us to see our world start to respect ballroom Absolutely. and voguing as legitimate art forms, you know, because I know I recently had an argument with a dance teacher of mine about a, a student who's a, a former student of mine and his who's now um, using Vogue to express themselves artistically. And it's a valid art form that he's getting to travel the whole world for. Yeah. And my like, she she ass fucking dance teacher who by the way never made it out of west philadelphia um is coming was coming for this beautiful student 
who is traveling the world with his art. And I, I think it was cool to see it, that kind of art really recognized uh, on Drag Race because so many times y'all have all of these ballroom things and if you're not acknowledging where it came from, that that's that's actually cultural appropriation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love having these fun moments and, and these teachable moments. And yeah. this, this episode, even though we had a lot of drama, there were a lot of teachable moments. Yeah. So I'm happy that they're, they're, they're educating us because if they don't educate us where it's from and they sell it as their own, that's appropriation. Right. Absolutely. So, so I was really happy to see some really cool education. Also like my heart melted this episode. Yeah. The most important thing that I think ever happened for me as a person of color on Drag Race happened this episode. Yeah. I felt so, um, acknowledged when RuPaul's Drag Race um, highlighted the Black Lives Matter yeah. struggle um, because it was something that, uh, that RuPaul herself hadn't acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't judge any person of color for their response to the heightened racism in this country or the fact that it's always existed. Like, you are allowed to deal with this however you deal with this. And even if that's going silent, like we don't get to judge people of color how they how they confront the situation, that it's not our fault. However, it did feel good coming from RuPaul's Drag Race, acknowledging that this situation is really real, something to be discussed, something to be talked about. And on RuPaul's show for that to happen, I was I felt finally like mother acknowledged. Yeah you know, in her own way and the best way that she could, yeah. um, the situation. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this, that moment when we get there. Cause it, it was, it was necessary. It was important yeah. and it was told really well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. Cause we first got to talk about Rue standing six feet apart from the Queens and everyone going to Rue instead of the walkthrough this time around. Um, yeah. <laughs> Candy and Simone, um, they're six feet away. Candy says she's going to be a magician on the main stage with no undergarments showing this time. Uh, Simone says that the other girls are coming for her because she won last week. Rue worries that her deep inner saboteur might be coming, and Rue really loves the inner saboteur, as we've come to acknowledge. She didn't like my inner saboteur. She eliminated <laughs> me after she saw it. <laughs> um. It hurts Rue's heart to know that Simone is getting in her head. Uh, she says that she didn't know how to sew, but she's going to make it work and push forward with what she can. Um, and then Candy's musings on inner saboteur is I love it. And Rue cackles because she had no idea what, what Rue and Simone were talking about because she wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I love that they have RuPaul six feet away from everybody. Mm -hmm. I bet you she was like, good. If one of y'all starts crying, I don't have to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> it, but listen that was such a memeable moment hugging plastique <laughs> was it memeable or was it just awkward like it was both i i i use it as a meme um i'm just jealous because i wish i got a hug from her but also it was the most awkward hug <laughs> it was it was very awkward uh so next we have gotmik and utica uh gotmik brings two little scraps and we learned that gotmik went to fashion school but uh, hasn't really practiced in a couple years um, they're inspired by art and shapes and rearranging the face and putting things where they shouldn't be. Um, and Gottmik will be showing body and Ruth says that's fantastic. 
And we learned a little bit about Utica's fashion aesthetic. Um, it's weirder than Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball, scarier than Tim Burton, and a little bit of Alexander McQueen. Um, and she's made is. looks, yeah, she's made looks for fire dancers, aerialists, and more. Um, and she's going to be using a sleeping bag. Well, she used the sleeping bag. She sure did. Let's get to it. Yeah. Um, and then we have Joey and Lala coming by. Joey is an edgy butch queen realness with lipstick lesbian and a scrunch boot because she loves a scrunch boot. Um, she's going to start with an IV bag with medical meets futuristic villain. And then Lala Reese she is Beyonce meets Grace Jones and the girls around Atlanta. Uh, she hopes that she has this one in the bag and um, she will be giving the Lala experience. Okay. No one else is getting a little meeting because they're not important to this night's plot line. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it just the parries, the way they did it, it was like interesting. It's almost like you know what's going to happen later on. <laughs> um. So then we learned Which is to just add... good storytelling. Exactly. Because let me tell you, if they didn't show the person getting eliminated and then they got eliminated, it'd be Honey Davenport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fully. <laughs> I'm not the storyline of my elimination episode. You are not, not at all. <laughs> Still jealous uh, and bitter about it, but it's yeah. okay. <laughs> so to add opulence to their Miss Moneybags look, they need to accessorize with a coach create bag. And this is a moment of plot, product placement. Uh, Stuart Vivers explains that coach create is um, this big giant tabby bag and they're gonna get to enter the stage purse first. Um, and I heard rumors that they did not get to keep the bag. Surprise, surprise. What are you going to do with them? They, 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 they put their own bling on it. What are you going to do with it? Sell it? Auction them? Yeah, probably. So it's eliminate. Auction them off for charities. Like exactly. That's, that would be perfect. So hope, yeah. let's hope that's happening. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet Coach and say, yeah, those bags, auction them off. Yeah. It's elimination day. Gottmik is noticing that many girls are doing drag silhouettes and they're doing more of a fashion forward and just feels confident about a whim. Candy calls Joey over as she has the biggest crush on Joey J, as do I. I mean, how, how could you not have a crush on Joey J? Right. Um, but Joey's taste level is eek. Uh, she's confused at the costume, even though Joey's confident about it. And Candy just says that she wants to quit drag. She, Candy will win the competition and take care of both of them. Um, and then this is when we move into this very important moment of the show about Black Lives Matter and Lala's experience about it. Um, and I'm I, again, like, I'm really happy that you are my guest for this moment to talk about it. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I always say it. I don't talk much unless it's about dick or social justice. So I was happy that they featured this moment on it because when I was there, I only talked about dick and social justice, which aren't things that the show really features. So, so for them to feature such an important social justice moment, it felt, it just felt like all of my needs and desires really amplified. Absolutely. Um, and it was just, it was just so beautiful yeah. to, to hear them all talk about its importance uh, and to show how, how relevant it is. And I, I do feel like on RuPaul's show, that was her way of acknowledging this moment. She's yeah. got final say, baby. So she tells you what's getting in and out and everything. So the fact that that existed is her form of activism. She is, it's her form of speaking out. And as you can see with World of Wonder and RuPaul's Drag Race, the way they've been and the way they stood in defense of things like internet bullying, of, uh, 
racial and cultural equality. Like you can see that the Instagrams run by uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and World of Wonder have been really influential in mm-hmm. the in in those fights. And I I think that showing something like that on national television on a show that's favored by 13 year old little white girls, it was so important because the things we do there inspires them that, that, you know, we walk around, we throw shade to each other, they throw shade to each other. We wear blue eyeshadow, bitch, they wear blue eyeshadow. We talk about Black Lives Mattering and they start to talk about it as well. And I think that that was huge and I feel just acknowledged and thankful for this show and this season in a way that I never have before. Like, again, like I am so thankful for everybody on that, you know, the, the, the storyline producing team, because like the stories they are telling and how they are adequately telling enough about each person so that we have a connection to them is fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's the best, rea- some of the best reality TV I've ever seen. Yeah, this 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 was this was wonderful. So some of the things we the conversations we had was Simone uh, saying that George Floyd sparked all of this. It's sad that he had to die, but she's happy that people are waking up because it's always been there. Um, and seeing the video, it was a level of, level of trauma for her. She took part in the protest because enough is enough. Um, then. Lala mentions Rashad Brooks in Atlanta, who was killed by police in a Wendy's drive-through, and she reveals that that happened two minutes away from her house, and it scared her because that could have been her. And it's crazy to her how it went from saying you can walk to someone's house to just being shot for no reason, and then we get to see her break down in this raw moment that we haven't seen from her yet, and. It was just, again, so important to see and hear her tell her perspective of it. And honestly, I hope that everybody watching this and everybody who watched that gets the reality of the situation in America, that that is real for every person of color in every city. Like I lived in New York City for 16 years and also received terrible scares from the police of social injustice like this. on multiple occasions because I'm a person of color. This happens everywhere in every city to every person of color. And I think the more we wrap our heads around, this is how black people are treated in this country. Mm -hmm. And we fully get that. Then we can stand up against it because I have friends who consider themselves activists or or even not activists, but at least progressive thinkers who don't Mm -hmm. even know that this is the reality for people of color everywhere in mm-hmm. every city. They're like, well, maybe in the middle of America. I'm like, no, babe, on the coastal cities too. Like it's, it, it is our reality. And for her being like, this happened two minutes away from my house. I want y'all to know that things like this happen two minutes away from all of our houses. I grew up in West Philadelphia, where if you Google it, they literally bombed people of color. Um, the Mood Organization. So look it up. It's just as bad as the Tulsa, uh, um, uh, Black Wall Street bombing. Um, it, it, and there's a, a story like that in every town. You know, George Floyd wasn't the first uprising. It happened with Emmett Till. You know, and how long ago was that? We've, we've been angry about our mistreatment for a while and it's not going to change unless our allies demand it at this right. point. And I think that showing a message like this to an audience that isn't full of people of color, you know, like 
the the audience of drag race isn't primarily black or even like we make up a small percentage of it so showing this message like i said to 13 year old white girls and 45 year old white women was really important mm -hmm. because it, if it inspires them like everything else that we've done on the show like i said if we wear blue eyeshadow bitch they wear blue eyeshadow yeah. so hopefully if we are part of a franchise that is now talking about the upliftment and fair treatment of people of color then those 13 year old white girls and those 45 year old white women who are watching the show will start doing the same i agree and and we, we saw the show take take a stance when it can't comes to voting and that was a big big storyline and you, you had uh after the eliminations everyone be on stage with the the signs and everything there is an opportunity right. to continue the black lives matter conversation on the show and yeah. i hope it continues and if every season moving forward there's a conversation at the mirror wall about black lives matter and their experience i want to hear it and and trans lives and yeah. and like it's important that like I always say, if you got the world watching, which is the desire of almost every performer is to capture your minds and your hearts, then what are you feeding them? Because you are socially responsible. We saw it with our last president. You are socially responsible for the things that you put out into the world. If you have people listening, if you are a world leader. And so I applaud RuPaul and the storyline producers of RuPaul's Drag Race and VH1 um, for telling these stories and feeding this kind of education to the world because I do believe in social responsibility. And I think that if your art is being raised to the echelon that, you know, 500 to 100,000, you know, 500,000 to 100,000 people are tuning into Drag Race each week, then we should be feeding them something that, yeah. is, that is a necessity for at least the survival of our community. And that should be inclusive to every person in our community. Yeah, I mean, and everyone said in, in this moment that there's still a lot more work to be done, and there is. And yeah, like you said, I, I, I really hope it is going to inspire people. Me too. It's time to talk about runways. Um, Rue looks, walks out in the beautiful pink fantasy, looking gorgeous as always. Always. She's always slayed us this whole season. And kudos to Raven. That mug. Oh, stunning. Yeah. Has gorgeous. Been stunning. The judges panel, we've got Michelle Visage wearing the same leopard print look she wore on this week's episode of Drag Race UK, which also happened to be a design challenge. How, what are the odds? What are the odds those two episodes lined up? Oh, she knew though. <laughs> she didn't know they were going to air up. Yeah. But like, how much they pay you, mama? You ain't got enough looks to turn. <laughs> exactly. How every drag queen got to turn a different look. And you she, she doesn't, exactly. Um, she's also joined by Carson Cressley and Nicole Byers. She's back again. And I could see her joining the show. Okay, she's I'm going to say what nobody else has said. Has Nicole Byers replaced Todrick? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, what I'm, what I, I appear, it appears that because of the COVID bubble, they are keeping a rotation of guest judges between her and Lonnie Love. Have I'm, you missed Todrick? Because I've missed Todrick. No. Yeah, I mean, I have. I have a little bit. Um, at least in the the performances, because that man knows how to choreograph and make a number fucking. Right. iconic um so definitely miss that um but yeah and i know i i, I miss, miss him a little bit yeah 
I I've I've missed I've I found myself missing Todrick, but I also really love Nicole Byers. So I good. wish I wish for an episode where we have a Todrick and Nicole Byers combination because mm-hmm. I think that that's a fierce Kiki. I also think that it would be cool to have some regular judges on the show who aren't black or white. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, uh, you know, we, we had it with Santino, but it's been a while. Um, so it would be really cool to have uh, a regular judge who was Asian, of Asian yeah. descent, or a regular judge who was of Hispanic descent or native descent. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm sure that there are people who are as qualified to talk about drag and queer culture who are people of color as, as, as just as much as uh, Carson and Ross and Michelle. Yeah. And it'd be really cool to see the, and, and, and now Nicole and hopefully more Todrick, but it would be really cool to see some other cultural perspectives. Absolutely. Because I mean, we are, we, we are getting to see cultural perspectives within the contestants. So let's see it on the right. judges panel as well. And not just the guest judges, like exactly. I employ RuPaul's drag, employ, employ, but am I fucking up words again? Uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 I encourage RuPaul's Drag Race to to branch out on its fixed judges because if you're only including the perspectives of black people and white people, then you might be losing the perspectives of some. Uh, Hispanic or Asian judges, or you know, or or like I said, or Native judges who, I think their I think their opinions are just as valid. And when you're yeah. judging art, you're only judging it based upon opinion. Like somebody probably thought that Lala Ree's gluing bags was brilliant. Yeah, somebody probably identified with it. It's just opinion. There's no right and there's mm-hmm. no wrong. It's just art. And I think if we're not being inclusive of opinions of uh, a d- diverse opinions like we're really missing an opportunity there to celebrate each other yeah and I, I i would have to really look into the to it but i think this is the longest tenure of the same judges in franchise history because we've had yeah. ross and carson since season seven eight one of those um they, they've been they've been around for a while so and maybe Michelle's this time season three right uh yeah so i mean maybe it is time to do a little shake up I mean, obviously, Michelle's not going anywhere, but from like eliminating their standards, like there's a world in which like Carson and Ross have not been a part of every episode. Right. You know, so it's not about, you know, progression is not always about eliminating the things that you had before. Sometimes it's just about adding some other things to the pot. You know, I think there's a world in which we could have some more regular judges who weren't just black or white. Yeah. And I'm happy that we have some regular black ones. Yes. And they are not as regular as our white ones. And that is something to look into. It's true. So Ruda's math tells us that we have 36 looks to discuss. And we are going to go by category by category. So we're going to start with mixed bag. And I we don't toot and boot on this show. We, 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 we play puns. So we are, for this runway, going to play punny or not funny. <laughs> so we discuss each one. So first up is Denali. Uh, she is an airbag. The look is by Lauren J. And before we discuss her look, I do have a question for you. How is the runway order determined? Because I'm fairly certain this is the third time that Denali has been first. I do not know how the runway order is determined. We are given it. Okay. 
Yeah, because she's. I think she's gone first three at, times. I want. I want to look at my phone real quick so that I can look at these looks as you talk. Absolutely. About One second. Absolutely. Also, while I pull up these looks, so I can keep them fresh in my mind. Let me uh, just remind your audience that while we're in a bag challenge, I have a beautiful new cannabis bag. Oh, it's gorgeous. And, right? It's so dope. And it also turns into a book bag, which is oh, really cool. It's like the straps come out of this like top part. And it oh, becomes that's a nice. book bag. Oh, I love that. Right? Oh, that's and it, gorgeous. it's a briefcase or a book bag. It's so like ambidextrous. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> we... uh, and if you, it, it's a really cool, really well-made bag from Vegan Leather. And if you use the code HONEY10 on Cannabis's website, you get 10% off. Awesome. Well, listeners, you better go do that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So first up, we have Denali's airbag look. Um, I think this is a piece of art. I really loved it. It's more crash test dummy than airbag, but I guess it's a loose phrase and they can go hand in hand. Um, it's a fun concept. I love seeing this fun side of Denali. Um, because of the material of the skirt and the sleeves, it looked a little bit messy, but I think that's just because it needed to air out even more because of traveling and being stuck in a suitcase for as long as it was. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's high fashion, but it teeters the line and I think it was a really cool look. So yes, okay, this is Denali's. It's the yellow and black with the white. I yep. love it. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah. I love, okay. All right. I loved it. I thought it was definitely different than anything she's done so far. And she's yes. done a lot. So that's really cool to see. Um, it gave me um, the club kit challenge that mm -hmm. they've done recently before on the show. And it was really cool for her to pop off of that with it not being a club kit challenge. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it looked really well crafted and um it, i didn't think that it wasn't fashionable i thought it was i thought it was good i thought it was like yeah. a solid ass look yeah it was i i would definitely give it a punny a punny for sure the audience was 81 percent punny 19 percent not funny mm. uh next up we have joey j as iv bag there were no designers listed on social media so it's like poison ivy, but like ivy bag, it's two puns in one, and we'll just leave it at that. But she didn't know that it was poison. She ivy. didn't. She uh, I watched her what you pack in video with Michelle, and she had like an explanation for why she didn't agree with Carson in the moment. It was really convoluted. I think she just went went, went yes, over you? her head. Yeah. Um always, what when but, I was on the show, RuPaul said to me, she said, Honey, what's your favorite Mariah Carey song? And I said, Always be my baby. And she said, Oh, you missed the joke. <laughs> yep yep there it is there, it, there is. it is happens to the best of us yeah um so this bodysuit is rhinestone in a very interesting way because it's muscles and veins but then there's random stones thrown everywhere that then takes away from the shaping of the muscles and veins also um, the tits don't seem to match up with where her tits would be no um and then she's got a nurse's cap on top of it so there's just a lot of concepts thrown together yeah, so is she the nurse or the patient? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, Carson tries to talk about the IV bag versus poison IV double pun, and Joey's just completely lost about it. Um, and then Nicole said, next time, just say it's a two for one. Just go with it. Yeah. Um, for it. me, I would give it a not funny. Not didn't work. Not funny for me. Uh, the audience was 38% punny, 62% not funny. 
Next, we have Lala Re as Bag of Bones. There were no designers listed on social media. I love the hair. I love the beat. Um, I think the Bag of Bones was a very hard one to pull off simply because sticking bones onto a black jumpsuit with a burlap sap mermaid tail didn't really do the trick. Um, she said she was going for like some voodoo moment. So I think like incorporating like a little more magic into the story would have helped it. Yeah, it's a no for me. Um, it, the bones, if they were just glued to a back garment would have been really cool if they it, were laid in a more strategic pattern. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the fact that they were just haphazardly glued to the garment lacked detail and yep. creativity to me absolutely um it could have been any design whether that had been a human or like the shape of her bone structure or just a beautiful pattern um and um it, it's the same thing as if if you put you know imagine if instead of bones those were rhinestones mm -hmm. and there were 12 big rhinestones up her dress well it's fine if you use the 12 rhinestones in a beautiful pattern to go up her dress but yeah not fine if you randomly place them, it, it wouldn't work. Absolutely. And I just felt like it, it lacked attention to detail, creativity, um, uh, and construction. Yeah, yeah. Carson wanted it to have more of a pattern than be haphazard. And yeah, I would give it a not funny either. Um, yeah. Audience was 28% punny, 72% not funny. Next, we have Elliot with two T's as a gift bag. The dress and purse were by Calvin Marquez Jr., jewels by Tiffany Bonet. I think I love the concept. It's very out of the box for Elliot. Um, she used conventional material to create the look, but I think it could have gone even campier. Uh, yeah. Like pull a Shangela out of a box moment and come out with like a, be a giant bag and then be the president side. Here's what I dislike about Elliot. She is like the epitome of basic. Mm -hmm. Here's what I love about Elliot. She is the epitome of basic. Like she's yeah. so good at doing that like regular everyday pedestrian with an extra flair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she looks like a girl. She pulls it mm -hmm. off. She does the trick. She does really good drag. And like, it's never mall drag. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. Ball absolutely. Absolutely. It's always up to level, but it's like always the most basic concept up to a level. Yeah. And like, it's the epitome of that. It's the best version of that. And I think there's a room to celebrate that. I'm sure there are queens all around the world going, that is what I would have done that mm -hmm. I relate to. And even though it is not my like preferred heightened reality kind of drag, I think that it it's it that was a clean look and it was a knockout of the park. Yeah, um, I think yeah, Elliot does have the goods. Um, it's just the execution's not quite there yet. Um, the other thing that really kind of bothered me was the Rue uh, name tag as a purse was smart, but I think it needed like a strap like to be over the shoulder so it was part of the bag. Mm. I don't know. I, I was think fine with it. Yeah, but it was it was very smart to say this is a gift for Rue because Rue, Rue, Rue liked the attention. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm gonna give it a not funny just because I think she could have gone further, but I do like it. It was it was safe. It was very safe. I'm gonna give it a punny. The audience was 38% punny, 62% not funny. 
Uh, next, we have Tamisha Iman as that old bag. No designers were listed, but I'm fairly certain she made it herself. Um, I'm certain that she either made this herself or bought this from a store. Yeah, it, it looks like it could be off the rack, but I feel like she, it, it's definitely tailored to her very well. Yeah. Um, Tamisha is leaning into her old age, and it's nice to see a bit of a campsite to her because we haven't really seen that on the show quite yet. Um, but and she's got the jewels that she's living. Bag is another position where I wanted her to go further. Yeah. Like, I don't see a lot of old bags, a lot of old women wearing power suits. Right. That's that's totally fair. Um, Michelle related to her old bag in hopes that in the future, that's how she is. And she thought that she focused on the character more than the look itself, which is completely valid. The character was down. The look yeah. itself could go down in flames. Yeah. It, it didn't. If you took that off of her and you said, this is an old bag costume, and it wasn't in the old back challenge. And she wasn't inside of it, like with her hair and makeup. Yeah. There's nothing about that look that would register as old back. Absolutely. You're right. So it, it doesn't amplify her performance. And sometimes when things don't amplify your performance, they distract from it, especially yeah. if it's on a runway. So I, 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 it, I'm going to give that a not funny. Yeah. Not funny for me. Audience was 49% punny. 51% not funny. So very much on the, the defense there, but I think it's very much of a loving Tamisha Mon bias. Right. Next, we have Simone as fun bags, dressed by Marco Monroe, hair by Tony Medina. This is camp as hell, and dare I say, it's the tits. It is the tits. Um, it's so good. Yet another complete serve from Simone. Yeah. From it's always a complete serve from her on the runway. And yeah. it's been a complete serve for her in every challenge. She's really that girl to beat. Absolutely. And I mean, his perspective on that was accurate. Like, how are you? How, I, I still don't understand how Tamisha was upset at Candy saying that she's that girl to beat when she's literally won more challenges mm -hmm. than anybody. Um, th this is just another example of her excellence. Yeah. I like, mean, it gave me. Carol Channing vibes. Mm -hmm. It gave me like down. I was like, yes. It was like, hello, Dolly. I just was yeah. so here for it. I mean, again, when you were able to serve high fashion one week, camp the next, you showcase how overall, what a brilliant drag artist you are. And that's what I love about yeah. Simone is she's so versatile in her art. And it, it, it's such a celebration to watch her this season. And even her high fashion has an, always has an extra element of storytelling. To Absolutely. It. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Even without the balloons, the velvet dress is just beautiful and stone for the gods. Like if it was, if it was, she wore it without that, it would still, it would be gorgeous. Like mm -hmm. this was so good. Um, and as Nicole said, I didn't know Michelle came in black. It was very funny. The little yeah. So, 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 so good. Honey for me. It's a, it's a, it's a funny for me. Punny for yeah. me. 95% punny from the audience, 5% not funny. So they loved I think it. it is completely fair that I want to find those 5% of people and off them. <laughs> Believe me, there's a couple There's a couple moments where I'm like, what are you people doing? Come on. What are you doing? What are you saying? You're wasting your vote. That's like <laughs> saying not funny to that is like voting for Kanye in the election. Exactly. Like, you don't win. You don't win. Yeah. All right. Next <laughs> up, Olivia Lux as punching bag. Look by Pieretta Victory. Hair by uh, Keisha. Felt by Abraham Levy. Again, not exactly punching bag. Did the hair? Uh, who? Who did the hair? Um, Keisha, but I believe it was um, uh, lent to her by Tina. Tina Twirler. 
Oh wow! But Keisha Carr did it. Um, no, Keisha, I think is what. Oh, that, a different, per- different, yeah, Keisha. different person. Oh, first off, Peretta Victory is one of my favorite designers. Yeah, in history. It's, in history. it's it's always such a joy for me to say her name on the podcast as a celebration of the work she's been able to put on the show. Yeah, they've they've turned out um, some incredible work. I really support them in any way yeah. I can, and I'm always looking forward to whatever new. Thing that I get from them and I typically get something from them at least on the yearly basis since I've started working with them it's been a minute because of COVID but yep. um but I love working with Peretta uh their designs are incredible uh yeah. I thought that it was really unfortunate that Simone had already bought a look like this mm-hmm. like had we and not Simone seen did it prior, first yeah yeah had we not seen this on a prior runway and this is why, and it's so important to have backups for everything. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. there probably could have been an- another thing that would have knocked it out of the park. And yeah, like I just, this, this, this was so good, but it was only lackluster because we have just seen it before. And right. we've just seen Simone do two different versions of this, mm-hmm. one with a braid and one with, uh a boxing look so yeah. like it's it just was it, it was unfortunately redundant for this season absolutely i will say that i love that the community is embracing that they both did this look and like celebrating them in like their fan art and everything because yeah we, yeah it's natural to compare and you have to compare because it's a competition show yeah but they both have brought a really unique and beautiful perspective to it yeah um, and yeah. it's also an expensive show to compete on, so bringing backups in always an option. Right. Um, and I do feel like they both strongly, to the best of their ability, pulled it off. That's Absolutely. why I said it was just unfortunate that mm-hmm. it had been done. Not that there was anything wrong with it. I think that both of them have space to be celebrated. And yep. it just sucks for... It lacked oomph because, mm-hmm. you know, it just was the second time we've seen it in this yeah. season. I mean, the pink jacket was stunning. The shorts to match were amazing. I love the hair. The Converse heels were so cool. I think the only thing, if I were going to elevate it a little more, is to do something with the white tank and, like, maybe put a stone on it or something. It's a little more drag to it. But overall, it was a great look. And see, I think stoning the white tank would have taken away from the beauty of a queen doing a look like that. That's fair. I think that a white tank... Little do you know, has been worn by Beyonce and Crazy in Love and Whitney Houston and I Want to Dance with Somebody, which are their, their two of their iconic songs. Um, <laughs> so like a white tank can be a fashion statement. And I, like I said, I think that the only reason why... Oh, I dropped my phone. Sorry. I think that the only reason why that her look wasn't such a statement was because we had seen something similar. Absolutely. Like, yep. I'm still going to give it a punny. I think it was great. I'm still going to give it a punny. The audience was 55% punny, 45% not funny, which I was very confused by. Because this, they just have seen it. That's yep. literally the only reason why. Next, we have Got Mick as Body Bag. Look by Marco Marco, nails by Clean Custom Claws, hand-painted by Laganja Stranja. Um, this is camp. This is hard. This is glam. This is filth. Dare I say this is Dragula. Um, this was such a cool interpretation. I'm 
Okay, I'm gonna look at it again to see if it was Dragula. No. Well, I think she had the elements oh. of Dragula, but it wasn't really actually Dragula. Um, the Boulets would not yeah. be fond of this. Um, but the obviously, we'd be like, "This is campy." Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we've seen Trinity do a body bag entrance, but Gottmik did her own thing with it, and it worked just as well. Um, yeah, and like. It was one of the better variations I've seen on this spin of this look because I've seen other queens do like the guts and the yeah. look. Also, speaking of designers, we talked about Peretta Victory, the last the last uh, look. Peretta has the best version of a like corpse spilling its guts that I've ever seen. And they do a number with it that is one of the best drag nut performances mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, look up Peretta Victory, just another yeah. reason to. Um, um, yeah, but even but, just the way the bones were stoned on this look, yeah, the, the attention to detail was there. It yeah. was good, it was good. Um, it's, cars, it, it, it's 100% right. Yeah. Carson says uh, she should change her name to Got Taste and thought the body bag was gruesome but fashionable. And Nicole was, said she was a literal dead person and was entertained. Exactly, and like, it, even the cut as I'm looking at the garment, fit the fit and the cut of it, it's just, it's spectacular. Yeah. Punny yeah. for me. It's a punny for me. Audience was 90% punny, 10% not punny. I will find 10% of people. <laughs> I want, I'll, I'll see if I can, uh, if the things are still on Instagram, I'll, I'll tell you who they are. <laughs> yeah, tell me who they are. I want to have a conversation with these people. Next we have Rosé as bagpipes, dress and cap by Casey Slater, Purse and embroidery by Emily Trumbull. Stockings customized by Izzy Uncut. I was obsessed sure. with this. I thought this was so brilliant. And it's camp and it's authentic to her. And it was still fashionable. I am so blown away by it. Like, yeah. so blown away by it. <laughs> I'm blown away by her bagpipes. Um, I thought, and we'll get into later who wins the episode, but going coming out with this look and all of her ones that come after i um i fell in love with rose this episode mm -hmm. i i i think she really flexed on us real hard this episode like, yeah she she she, she had a good episode but unfortunately she wasn't the best and faded a little bit but did this look even, even her green screen gnome was great yeah like every i i I saw Rose at first taking this. I thought, mm -hmm. I thought that her final, her final look was the best. Absolutely. Oh my god, it was so fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like even just the way she had the drones, which are the 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 bagpipe thingies on her arms, yeah. just it was smart. It, it was, it was very well done. Um, as Carson said, she killed it. And I am so excited because I've been patiently waiting and very very patiently waiting for my look from. Uh, that designer Casey and I'm super excited finally get to work with them and yeah it <laughs> arrives tomorrow so boom Ooh, exciting <laughs> yeah. um but yeah this is definitely punny for me yeah it's definitely a punny for me audience was 86% punny 14% not funny next okay. we have Tina Burner uh brown bag in it hair by Perfidia jewels by gems by Genesis gloves by wing and weft nails by Daniel Marandola designed by Florence Delay and an A plus design team there. Um, a plus design. That's a legendary team. Yeah. This is an interesting one for me because I think 
I like the concept, but it wasn't my favorite look. Um, also, the accessories helped tell the story, but without them, I think it was lost in translation. Also, did you notice that, that they aired that look in black and white? No, I haven't seen it in black and white. Is this just on YouTube? Oh, maybe. Did they do it in black and white? But on YouTube, everything else is in color except for Tina Burner's look. That's weird, because I don't think it was the case on the show. Because they definitely don't don't saw the brown. It was the brown bag. Um, I like the liquor store necklace. Um, that was a really fun, campy touch. Um, I think the hair yeah. was exceptional, because has Perfinia ever done a bad wig? The, the, the hair is exceptional. The garment itself is a great concept. Mm-hmm. It did, uh, for me, lack a spectacle. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah. It was the bottom of the dress that just didn't work for me personally. And it's such a thing that it's hard to add spectacle to brown paper bag. Right. It's true. Especially since she didn't put it over her face. Um, yeah, that would have been good. That would have been a funny moment. Which should have been the best she ever looked. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, um, it lacked spectacle a bit for me. But you know, one thing that you never, ever get out of Tina Burner is something that's not clean. Absolutely. Definitely. Very clean. clean. Very clean. Like I said, like you said, she had a all-star design team. Um, and just pulling that together in your mind is commendable, mm-hmm. but it lacked for me a wow factor. Yeah, I agree. For me, for this look personally, not funny. Yeah, personally, not funny. Audience was 39% punny, 61% not funny. Next, we have Candy Muse as Bag of Tricks. Look by Wilbert Gonzalez, hat by Tommy Kobau. Um, she's going sex magician, and honestly, this look is very sexy on her. I loved that top with the bunny face and the um, black pencil skirt. I think it worked. Um, the tricks from the bag were fine, but when that bag became the cape, that was the moment for me. I, I thought that was so smart. This and is my like, favorite Candy Muse look so far. In fact, it was the same thing I felt about Tina Burner's until that happened. Yeah. Like, it was just like, okay, this is good. Oh. Yeah okay, this is drag. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was, like it's, it's nice to see this side of Candy where she's not being overtly ho-ish like she likes to be. It's cool yeah. that she can still do this. So I, I, I commend this look. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a funny for me. Yeah, funny, funny for, for me. me. Audience was 63% punny, 37% not funny. Finally, from this category, we have Utica as the doggy bag. Uh, beret by Arby Girl, pants by Lady Swallows, frills top... Um, by Kathy Littlefield. I think Utica is a very smart queen. I think she's a very smart designer. She looks sexy without being overly slutty. Pants are fun. I think the hair was styled brilliantly and the poofs on the shoulder were done in a way we haven't really seen before. I like this. She She's winning my heart. Yeah, I will say after this episode, um, I am blown away by Utica in a way that I never was before. I thought that she had a really good camp factor in all of her Mm -hmm. stuff, but this time I think she did, she took the the, uh, taste level up a notch on something. And this was really one of them. Like I could see Manila wearing this. 
Absolutely. He's a fashion yeah. icon. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like this was, this was great. Yeah. Um, obviously the, the, the bag was there when she had like the literal doggy bag. Um, but yeah, this is definitely punny and, and Michelle called it chic. 91% of the audience thought it was punny and only 9% thought it was not funny. So good Let job on you, Dakota. What kind of bag would you have gone as? That's a good question. Um, let's see, what kind of bag would I, hmm, I don't know. Cause they, they, they use a lot of good ones. Yeah. Um, well, my first thought would be to go as a bag of dicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like that would be hard to pull off. But I feel like about every time somebody says you you could swallow a bag of dicks, and I'm like, please, show yeah. me where or sit on a bag of dicks. Like, hello, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe if I were gonna go punny and like I don't know how it would be responded to, but maybe maybe bag of chips. Right. My other idea is a dime bag. Yeah, so, I don't know how that would have worked. <laughs> it's shot in California. It's legal. It's true. You're you're right. You're absolutely right. Right. Um, yeah. And then my final choice would be a douchebag. So. Well, you um, saw what Kamora did, right? But I saw what Kamora did, which was the epitome of that. So now, like, knowing what they did to Manila with her tampon, would they have allowed Kamora on the stage with that? I don't think they want a tampon look to go viral again and it didn't happen on their show. So if they're smart. Ooh, interesting. Is it is that why Kamara was eliminated? Doubt it. Yeah. No, but I know when I saw that look, I was like, that would have been Kamara's moment. Yeah. Because it was so out of her box too. But yep. it was still stuck. But I expect that Kamara's gonna be one of those ones like me, where it's like, okay, oh, she yeah. didn't get to show you what she showed you there. And it's kind of a good thing because like I am tuning into her IG as that runway starts every week to see what she yep, would have done. Absolutely. Every week. All right. So category now is Miss Moneybags. And in honor of this one, we are going to play Rich Bitch or Poor Ho. Um, and don't forget, we have the product placement bags that they have to incorporate into their looks. And don't forget, I have product placement bags uh, available at <laughs> <laughs> cannabis.com. You can use promo code HONEY10 for 10% off. <laughs> do it. All right. Do it. All I'm right. A mixed bag episode. Uh, right away. It's mixed, mixed, mixed bag, right? Yes. I uh, know this is Miss Money Bags. Okay. Miss Money Bags. And first Got up it. is Denali. Look by Monique V and Lauren J. Nails by Boy Nails. Wig by Camilla Fox. She's going for the Cruella de Vil realness. Um, it's not the most groundbreaking interpretation, but between the hat and the, that fingernail cigarette holder, that's what kind of sold this look for me because it was so different. Um, but it was basic. It was lined. It looked a little more glamorous than some other looks. Um, but she had a red Chanel handbag, which worked wonders for her look. Um, did it help elevate it? A little bit. It was fine. I think Denali is one of my favorite performers from this season. Absolutely. Um, but I don't feel like she performs her look. Like, interesting. I agree that. Yeah. I there's there's you know when I was preparing and not that I did it really well on the show um, either, but when I was preparing for Drag Race, I was getting runway classes from the legendary Connie Girl, who mm-hmm. was the first trans model from Um, And she said to me. Uh, 
there's something that a model does when they're at their best, where it's like when you stop at the end of the runway, your garment continues, like yeah. continues to influence your audience. And I'm always looking at Denali come down the runway. And this has been my experience each time so far. And I don't feel like there's a performance behind the look. Like I see when this motherfucker performs mm -hmm. the house down. Absolutely. And, and I've seen girls and things that look terrible, but they sold them to you. So it made it look better. Yeah. And I feel like Denali is not wearing anything that's not phenomenal, but the performance behind the look is not selling me on it. And that is something that like, I think you gain from watching Dragula because they have to perform all of their looks. Absolutely. And watching Dragula after I was on RuPaul's Drag Race is one thing. I wish I had watched it beforehand because there's so much to learn from their performance of their looks. Like Absolutely. I remember during my season, I was in only episode, but there was one look where Evie Oddly came out in the witch costume with context. Like there was not anything like over the top spectacular about her look, but the performance and the things that she exude, exuded really drove it home into Absolutely. home base and made it really epic. And this is one of those things that could have been like really epic if it was delivered to us. Yeah, I mean, it, all you need for this is attitude. And, yeah. and, and that's what it was sold it. But I do have to say, um, it was really fun for me to see your cameo on uh, Dragula Resurrected. Um, Thank when you. I got to talk about it on the, the podcast when we recapped it. Um, it was one of those things where uh, some uh, Zalika Parsons was watching it before me before, for our podcast. And all she did was message me. She's like, wait for the cameo. I was like, what happened? What am I missing? And then I saw you. I was like, okay, this, this made it even better. Uh, yeah. You know, Insider Tea is that uh, Loris shot her confessionals at my house. So the Blue oh, Lee Brothers cool. were in my house. They were in That's my so apartment. That's so cool. It was so cool. It was legendary. So and that so, like, technically means you're the first queen to have been on Dragula and Drag Race. Alaska. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Alaska. Um, that's but true. I, it's only me in Alaska, which is something that I would greatly. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I, I, I love Dragula. I am so happy for Saint. That, that. Oh, she was incredible. I'm so she, for Saint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for Denali, I'm going to give it a rich bitch, even though it, she could perform it better, but I think it still was a good look. I'm going to give it a rich bitch. 77% rich bitch, 23% poor hoe. Next, we have Joey J. No designers listed. Um, she sparkles. She's doing an eye patch again, which I thought we already did. Oh, wait. Do we have Joey J next? In my presentation, Who are they giving you? Elliot with two Ts. Let me oh, no, we, get to Joey J. Did I skip Elliot? No, I think she's later. Based on what the original I think skips Joey J. Oops. Um, oh, no. no, Joey J is later than that for me. Interesting. Weird. Elliot, then got Mick, then Joey J. Okay, so oh, no, that's completely out of order from uh, how the show aired it. But yeah, so Joey yeah. J, there's an eye patch. It's very basic. Um, it doesn't really showcase Joey aside from being wigless. Um, what was the numbers on the bag? What was that about? I have no idea. The bag didn't work with the look. I don't know. With the look. And I've seen this in other runways as well from other girls where the bag didn't yeah. work. And it's just like, okay, sis, if you have this bag and you have this runway and you'll have a little bit of time at least, can you come up with some ideas and some ways to tie it together? Yeah. And I do wonder um, how 
many bags were available if they're like you here here are the 12 bags you all figure out who gets which bag uh because so, there were a few that were not matched perfectly but yeah this one just didn't do anything but for me if you get your bag and it's not matched perfectly then i mean and they're letting you do whatever you want to the bag yeah you make it work there's spray paint there's there's rhinestones there there's hot glue there there's yeah if you got 15 minutes and a little bit of creativity I mean, I'd suggest using it. I also can't really talk shit because we saw me on that show. So, boom. <laughs> Learner's curve. But yeah, for me, unfortunately, this is a poor hoe. Didn't work for me at all. No. 19% rich bitch, 81% poor hoe. Next on my oh. list was La La Ree. Okay, mine is completely jumping around. So. That's so yeah. strange. All right, I'm on La La Ree. Um, no designers were listed on her look. Uh, she's not afraid to be bald, and I commend her for doing this on the runway because sometimes it can be red, but she she owned it. Um, I compared think to others, best she, look not, we've seen from La La Rie so far this season. I agree. It, it's not expensive, but she's wearing it with confidence. And it could be expensive. That's yeah. the thing. Because if you say went to Peretta or Casey, something with that much detail and tailoring would be expensive. Yeah. So this could be an expensive garment. Had she had it created for herself, it could be. I mean, it is definitely the kind of thing that you can find in a store. Sure. But the fit of it is so impeccable that it makes me think maybe it wasn't. Maybe yeah. this, this this could be an expensive look. The brocade fabric of it um, is not something cheap to come by if you were constructing this from uh, from scratch and the fit's impeccable. And that's really normally what, um, shows you something's expensive or not. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, col the colors were beautiful on her. Um, the, the stone, like could, could you always put a stone on it? Sure. She didn't need to, cause she had the gorgeous earrings. Um, if you didn't know what shoes she was wearing, you're like, what is with the pink clutch? The pink clutch was the same color as her heels. So that's well, where it tied together. Um, and Michelle, that's but, what I'm saying, like, there's a place where you could, each person could tie it in. And, yeah. like, I don't feel like that they took the time or initiative to yeah. do that. Um, I mean, Carson did like that she featured. Drag race. Yeah. Um, Michelle thinks it was fun. Carson liked that she tied it into the clutch. I'm giving it a rich bitch. I really think this is her best look so far. I give it a rich bitch as well. 72% rich bitch. Elliot. Work. Okay. Um, yeah, so 72% rich bitch, 28% poor hoe, and now we have Elliot with two T's. Outfit by Olwyn's Orlango, look by Tatiana Clothing, hair by Wigs and Grace. Um, it's 80s with a tinge, tinge of Madonna, um, of what that is an interpretation of. It's very plain and basic, um, but I think I love the tiny gloves because they, like, they look really like boss. Um, the clutch matched. I don't know. I think what not bothered me, for me. No, it's and I, I think, enough. I think what bothered me the most was not the look itself. It's her description of how she described it, where she said she's feeling like Rose Nyland. Yes, you look like a golden girl, but Rose Nyland wasn't a rich bitch. So I think the storytelling missed the mark as well. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's no for me um, because, yeah, I like agree. I said, she's the epitome of doing great basic drag, and this definitely i like and and this is the only reason why it's a no for me because i really love i really do love what she's bringing to the show but it's only a no for me because 
I like drag that looks unattainable. Mm-hmm. And like, even with her ball challenge, while it didn't look like, wow, how'd you construct this? Where'd you get this from? There was something about it that it was unique enough that mm-hmm. it looked specifically just for her. Yeah. And nothing about this reads that this was made for her or tweaked at least to I agree. for her persona. Um, and, 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 and it, it's lackluster. Yeah. I'm going to give it a poor hoe as well. I'm giving it a poor hoe. Audience was 57% rich bitch, 43% poor hoe. Next is Tamisha Aman. No designers listed, but again, I believe she probably made it. I, I've said it before. I think Tamisha needs someone to help her with her social media because her Instagram game is not the greatest. Um, if you told me she was a cast member of Real Housewives of Atlanta, I would have fully believed you. This look was, she knows how to dress herself. Um, is it typical to what we've seen on Drag Race One nowadays? Not really. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's another one. Of, it's another one of those cases to me where it's just like, could have got this at Talbot's. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did love that she was able to match the clutch with her look because it was green and it matched without feeling gaudy. But um, yeah, I did. I did like that attention to the detail. Um, the hair for me was really, really pedestrian for it to be drag. And I get that it's supposed to be rich bitch, but like this rich bitch, like she just had her hair down. Like she wasn't a drag queen. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 Tamisha's, unlike Elliot's, could have actually been a rich black woman. Like yes. I've seen them look like that. It was too authentic to what it was trying to be right. because it wasn't draggy enough for me. I, I would I would agree. And Nicole did do too because she thought she was a nice business lady, but it felt it was too real life than theatrical. Yeah. It, it, and, and one of the things is if the outfit's gonna be basic, then the hair's gotta say so. Absolutely. Like if you're, you're gonna okay. do a, a hair like that, like extend the curls, make it a massive curly thing. Like there, there's a way to yeah, drag it up. Yeah. Or or like she could have had on the only bob. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but the hair to me being so like attainable again, it was a wig that you can go and buy in just about any wig store yeah. with a costume that looked like you can go and get this at just about anywhere you can get suits. Yeah. And while they were all together gorgeous, it just didn't have, um, it, it didn't have a-, a There's no wow factor. Yeah, there was no wow factor for me. Um, it's, a poor, it's a poor hoe for me. Yeah, I, I think I liked it a little more than Elliot, so I'm going to give her a rich bitch just because I don't want to put her and Elliot in the same category for this challenge. But right. the audience was 43% rich bitch, 57% poor ho, so right. very much in the middle. Oh, Simone. Oh, outfit by Cayman, hair by Zach Killian. You're going to see Simone walk Fashion Week, and you're going to see Simone grace covers of international magazines. And you're gonna see Simone take over this planet. She's a superstar. Like, even if RuPaul at the end of this doesn't say Simone, you're America's next drag superstar, she is. Yes, she is. She is. I mean, this pink suit was fashion. The material yeah. was like this fun pink reflective, but 
it was fashion and it was the way it was cut with the, the leg cutouts and like the little armholes. I loved it. And then a pink punk hair moment. It's so unique. She, she can sell anything. Right. Yeah. This was so good for me. Yeah. It's definitely a rich pitch for me. Yeah. Um, I think the only issue, like she was forced to have a clutch that she didn't need. Um, yeah. But that's, I'm not going to blame her for it. Right. Um, rich bitch. Absolutely. 90% rich bitch, 10% poor home. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the coach bag not going for me, yeah, but that is that's not her is. fault. Nope. Next we have Olivia Lux. Um, at the time I wrote this, there was no designers listed, um, but she's a working woman and that standout um, was the, 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 the cape jacket. Um, for me, again, if you line something, it just feels a lot more expensive and fashionable and it matched the tie. So the attention to right. detail for this look was very strong. Yeah. Um, and again, the clutch worked with the look. Yeah. She pulled it together. She pulled the clutch in together with it. And the, the, the details, like you said, it's what, it's what throws it over. Could yeah. you accomplish this look? Yes. Like it's a beautiful suit. Um, I think that the, uh, who, I think that the fit could be a little better. It doesn't seem very, very So pretty. here, here's some, have you, did you watch the last episode of UK? I didn't. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, not really spoilery at all, but on this episode, Rue reads Estina Mandela for having broad shoulders. And here, Olivia is accentuating the broad shoulders with the, the cape. So I think it was just a really interesting juxtaposition to see how Rue's mind works when it comes the to- on The day. Yeah, yeah. This, this fashion's all about taste. But for me, it was the, thing, the, the fit that I don't love about, about it as I look at it, I'm going to just give it another peek through again. It's in the midsection. Um, I feel like the midsection and the, the breast section yeah. complement her curves a little better. Mm -hmm. um, but the attention to detail of the lining matching the tie was great. I thought the hair color was perfection. Yes. Absolutely perfection for it. And the length of it was perfection. Um, yeah, I it's a it's a rich bitch for me. Absolutely, me too. Sixty percent rich bitch, forty percent poor hoe. Next we have Doc Mick. Um, outfit by Brian Hearns, nails by Queen Custom Claws, hair by Wigs and Grace. Oh shit, this is one of my favorite looks ever. Like exceptional. I'm so mad that she had to wear a purse with it. Right. Oh, um, I mean, listen, the pinstriping is always powerful, but when it's completely stoned, it takes it to the next level. Um, the peekaboo bra just worked. The tool on the side made it signature got Mick. Yeah, the pink clutch pulled away a little bit, but she did match it with a pink lip. So it did feel cohesive enough. But honestly, yeah, I just everything like goes with black and white. The fact that she had to have a bag with that. Exactly. I um, also think that like bringing the Roaring Twenties into the next iteration of the Roaring Twenties was right. just such a good choice, Yeah, you know? And she definitely updated it, um, it you know, the zoop suit in a way that was just like so um, gender non-conforming yes. as well, which told us a lot about them as a performer. And it just was, it, it was solid. It just yeah. was a hit out of the park. Yeah, like I mean, you said, it's it's 
one of the best looks we've seen this entire season. Yep. Um, I think the hair was really cool. Um, it would have been cool to see what it, I think it's one of those looks where I would want to put like multiple different wigs on just to see how cool it would look. A, a, a CEO power hair like updo would be cool, but this worked. Everything about it worked. Oh, I wanted a Monet, Monet exchange kitten cat, kitty cat wig with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, wanted. I wanted that same wig, the same color, blonde, but just as a little kitten, puts a cat. Yeah, wig. It, it's it, it's a universal look, I think. And that's yeah. what's so successful about it. Definitely rich bitch. Yeah, definitely rich bitch. 90% rich bitch, 10% poor ho. And next we have Rose. Okay, I don't even need to look down at it. I told you, I thought that Rose was one of my favorites. She was such a standout for me. Um, I, yeah, so th I this to dress was by Christopher Palu, hair by Salmonella, earrings by Rose. Uh, reference to Bette Miller and Big Business. And I think it was very smart and very niche. It was so good. It was just the right amount of camp with being a reference to an iconic movie that's celebrated by queer people, yeah. um, you know, with a queer goddess that we have, Absolutely. Uh, Bette Miller. Um, it was very clean. The fit was impeccable. Kudos uh -huh. Christopher Blue. That was stunning. Like this, it, 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 the way that it was modeled, like I said, it gave you the storyline. It mm -hmm. was performed in its modeling in a way that um, we really have seen the most of only from Simone. And this episode, this episode, Rose said, hello, hello, yep. I'm here. Yep. I'm about to turn the party. Yeah, it, it, it was so well done. It was a complete homage. I know that Michelle wanted it more. She wanted it to be less of a replica than whatever it was. Sure, fine. Selma could have made the hair even bigger and what fine. This worked. It was great. This was phenomenal. It was so good. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really interesting about Rose on this season so far. Like I love Rose. Before Stephanie's child, she was going to potentially be in the group that I was forming for my drag array. I think she's brilliant. She's not getting the credit she deserves because she's in a league of superstars. Yeah. And that's not her fault either, but I think this was so good. Absolute rich bitch for me. Yeah, absolute rich bitch for me. Who's next for you? Tina Burner. Um, uh, yes. Tina Burner in Look by Florence Lee, Jewels by Gems by Genesis, Hair by Integration. This is the Tina Burner classic houndstooth. I'm pretty sure she had before the show. Yes. It's one of um, her classic looks, one of her yeah. signatures. It's stunning. I don't have a critique for it. It's really perfect. It's really perfect. And the hair matching the bag, it just... It just does all the things. It's camp, it's drag, it's fashion, it's well done. And luckily she had the, the fact red that she has like a sheer black pantyhose over her pantyhose. It's like yeah. a sheer black pantyhose. It gives it a little bit more of a tint to her legs than normal. I think that's what that is. Or she wore some dark tights, one or the other. Um. Yeah, this, was, <laughs> this, this was signature. There's uh, uh, yeah, tooth works when you know how to make it work. And Florence just knocked it out of the park once again. Yeah. She took a bite out of us with that houndstooth girl. Yep. Rich bitch for me. Rich bitch for me. 82% rich bitch, 18% poor hoe. Next we have Candy Muse. Headpiece okay. and outfit by Tiger Lily. She is a see he ho. I'm very much on the fence on this because I think the camp touches really put it over the top and complete the look because without the dollars and the dollar wig, it would have been so boring. Um, I think Candy marches to the beat of her own drum when it comes to fashion and that's 
perfectly fine. When you're genuine to yourself, it's what draws people to you. And I think that's what Candy is bringing to the show. But I want to see her go even further because in that first look, that's when she went further. Right. Here's what I love about the look. I love the creativity of the hairpiece. Yes. I love that she's showing so much skin. I think yes. she has a beautiful body. Um, she's daddy down and I, I live for every inch yeah. and curve. And I love that they're being exposed. Kind of a turn on. Um, what I don't like is that you can get that bra and panty set on 125th Street and that it's so attainable. Um, And I know she's going for CEO and I get the camp factor, but the camp factor of the headpiece doesn't necessarily match in with me of the, with the like monotone kind of like on the nose of I'm a CEO uh, with the with the outfit, yeah. like it, it to me they're two different aesthetics put together, and like one is I'm going for a sexy CEO, and the other is I'm going over the top and going campy, and the costume isn't as over the top and campy as the headpiece is. Yeah, and so it's a conflict of ideas for me that gives that doesn't make this look very very uh, rich, elevated, or clean. I agree. But I think um, her body in it is stunning. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, matching the clutch, the light blue clutch with the pink was a great color combo. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite because the first look just blew me away. This one didn't. So unfortunately, I'm going to give it a poor hoe. It's a poor hoe for me. 42% rich bitch, 58% poor hoe. And next we have Utica with a look by Utica. Um, she's such a weirdo. She says she's going for Carol Burnett meets Chicago. Um, yeah, I, t- I can see that. I wish the fringe went even further down. Um, but the glasses and the gold jewelry, just it, it, it screamed coach and it almost matched the clutch challenge part of it. it she didn't know that, but it worked. Yeah. Um, of the three looks, it's my least favorite, but it's still a strong look. And I think she has a really strong perspective on fashion. You know... More so than a strong look, because it's not my favorite look, to be honest. I do love what she's serving. I love what she's giving. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her in it. I love her in the look, yeah. not the look itself. It's what I said is that performance aspect of it. She <laughs> sold us this garment in a yeah. way that not many other people did. So it's not the look that does it for me, but it's the, it's the, the element yeah. of, you know, confidence and awareness she has for herself absolutely and belief in her ideas that is just beautiful to watch it's really gorgeous to watch a drag queen be fabulous like yeah. that is really stunning and so many times with as a competitor on the show myself i know that we get in our heads and we get stuck and we forget to deliver that fabulous uh aspect that you know that fabulosity aspect of our product and like she went on that runway like i know this is the winner yeah. Every time this episode. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what will happen on the show. I don't know any spoilers really, but it's almost like she already has a spot on an all-star season whenever she wants it. Yeah. Unless she wins this one. Yeah. Which is, is almost impossible because she, she's got so much competition. Again, great cast, but rich bitch for me. I like. I that. think it's possible, babe. 
I it's, think it's totally I possible. Write out. I wouldn't yeah. write her out. I wouldn't write out. I wouldn't write out our winner being Utica. I wouldn't write our winner being Simone. I wouldn't write out our winner being um uh what's her name? Uh wait. Got Mick. Yeah. And I wouldn't write out our winner um being Rose after this week specifically. I can see that as the top four. That just makes sense to me. But yeah. Yeah. So this for me, rich bitch. I'll give it a rich yeah, bitch. Yeah, rich bitch for me. 88% rich bitch, 12% poor hoe. And next and final category. Gag us with your bag us. Um, in honor of this runway, we will play bag it or flag it. Okay, let me pull it up. And we'll go in order starting with Miss Denali. And this one, I was able to find a couple of the wigs and nails and stuff from some of the queens. So I'll get to this showcase who they were using that was not made by them. Um, for this look, the wig was by The Drag Stop and nails by Boy Nails, uh, who must be like the biggest nail person in Chicago because Boy Nails is over, all over this season. Mm-hmm. Wait, I felt, uh, here we go. This was wild and very conceptual, not the cleanest construction. Um, I re- really want to know where that cage was pulled from. What bag was that pulled out of? Right. Like, where did that come from? That that, that, that seems so odd. Um, maybe the lining of a bag? Maybe. Maybe. Um, but I think having those floral purses was certainly an advantage for her to create this look. It is very Dia de los Muertos. The face was interesting. It was definitely a choice. Um, but again, I think you're you're right. She needed to perform it better. Right. Right, because if you're doing Day of the Dead, then like, give me Day of the Dead. She just prints on a runway with her hand on her hips and then did this. Like, give me Day of the Dead. You know, like, what does that mean to you? Is is it a march on a runway? Because then, yeah, it's not, like, strut the runway when you're in the strut the runway look. And like, Mm -hmm. if you're in the weird, I'm a skeleton look, be a weird skeleton. Like, you know, like, that's what's always missing for me with her runways. I'm going to give it a bag it because I think it is yeah. a unique look. Um, yeah. it was, she, she's safe for a reason this episode. I'm going to give it a bag it for two reasons. And one is way more important than the other. I think we need to always celebrate people's celebration of their culture. Yes. Um, yep. And... In fact, I think that's probably why Sugar Kane stayed longer than me on my episode, No Tito Shade, because I thought it was a beautiful celebration of her culture. Um, and uh, I think that that's really valid. I think yeah. that, um, I think I, I, I already off the bat give her that for that. And then two, I give her a bag it because I don't think that it's back instruction. I kind of like it. I just, where it lacked for me is performance again. Yeah. Which is Audience, funny yeah. because she's one of my favorite performers. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, e- even when she's on the ice, she's an incredible performer. She's very yeah. captivating. But th- I mean, I think there are definitely people who are not meant for a runway. That You have to know how to work a runway. And I don't know if Denali is, but audience was 60, 62% bag at 38% flag at. Next what? is Joey J. Hair yeah. by Gor- Georgina the Doll. 
I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Was it bottom worthy? Maybe. I think it was the package of all three looks that put her in the bottom. Yeah, the package of all three looks put her in the bottom. There was um, something going on about the this beat. I've ever seen. No. It's not top 10 worst things I've ever no. seen. Um, there was something uh, different with this beat, and I'm not sure what it was. She felt very pale. I think it was the combination of like the very dark red lips. But when you're wearing this high pony and like the tool neck piece, your eyes go straight to the face. And it wasn't her most beautiful beat. Also, the pony seemed lower than normal. Yeah. Um, and you definitely saw that wig line, but yeah, I think the, the biggest line and it 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 was down her head yeah. in the front and it was up her head in the back. So I thought that the whole wig should have been pushed back a notch. Because if you see it on the back of her head, it's up her head some. Yeah. And on the front of her head, it's down some. So the whole thing clearly was constructed to sit a little further back on her right. head. But as someone who doesn't wear wigs on a, on a regular basis, I can see how that could be confusing. Absolutely. Um, um, the biggest issue was the silhouette. The silhouette. Or lack thereof. Um, the silhouette of it was, was just not like no yeah no no yep. i gotta flag it not for me not for me flag it uh 15 bag it 85 percent flag it and next we have i also Ari. like to find that 15 percent of people and like have a conversation with them i'll about just their... <laughs> yeah okay so lalari um i think it's safe to say this is the worst look to appear on rupaul's drag race my favorite thing about it my favorite thing about it is Nicole Byer's face as it came down the runway. As Lala returned the corner to come oh. down the runway, Nicole Byer's face said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was certainly a head tilt. Um, so she ran out of material. So she literally just glued paper bags to a corset. There was no rhyme or reason to the paper bags. Like, again, we mentioned it before. You could have taken them apart and, 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 and cut them up and ripped them in a way. But like, I think when she realized she had nothing left, it was so hot glued on there that it would have ripped the bag and she wouldn't have anything to work with. But then why choose to wear that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, working with unconventional no materials. It would have literally been a better idea for her to cut holes in the bottom of the bag, stick her legs through it, <laughs> pull it up. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been funny. Right. Did you practice with any unconventional materials before going on the show? No, I was just ready to like lose at that part. <laughs> no, no, I actually have, I'm better at making stuff from unconventional materials mm -hmm. than I am from sitting down with a sewing machine, to be honest. Um, my brain can art project something. In fact, when I audition for the show, which you don't have to do anymore, so loud, which you don't have to do this anymore, but when I audition for the show, you had to create a look out of paper, right, right, right. look out of dollar store stuff. So I created a look out of paper that was a Dalek, which was, the, I made Dalek Khan from Doctor Who out of mm -hmm. paper, out of paper mache and cups, paper cups. That's cool. I made like a Dalek Khan costume that like was functional. And like, I like, you, I had to do it on my knees with knee pads, but like, I kind of had the movement of a Dalek yeah. down when presenting it on my tape. Um, so yeah, unconventional stuff is kind of my judge. Um, 
do I do it on a regular basis? No, because when you're traveling and you're a Rue girl, it's good to have a garment that you can pull out of your bag at the next city. Yep. Um, and and unconventional things tend to like fall apart when I make them. Right. Um, I did take my best stab at doing a challenge that I wasn't involved in during my season, which was the burlap, the uh, mm -hmm. farm to runway challenge. Yeah. But my friends explained it to me the wrong way because I wasn't there. And they were like, yeah, we only got burlap and peas. And we had to make them. <laughs> so I like constructed a skirt out of burlap. And then I had a la la re moment, if you go and look at the picture, where I was just like, what do I do for the top? I'm going to make a top out of peas. And I did. <laughs> And it, it's hideous. Um, and then I watched the episode and these bitches were just gluing shit to corsets. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, if y'all would have told me that that's all y'all had to do, then I would have been able to really rock this out of the park. But yeah, lots, like, lots of corn husk. Lots of corn husk. But I made a really impeccable skirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just no top to match with it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the purse on the head was a choice. It was a bad choice. Too. Yeah. Yeah, everything about this, like she she could have came up with nothing on with one bag glued to her crotch and it would have been at least a statement. Yeah, flag it. I'm, I, ha I, have to flag I personally, it. yeah. I want to say that at that point, what I would have done was I would have taken one of the bags and I would have probably covered my penis. And that would have been my outfit. Yeah. That would have been my entire, I would have. It would have been iconic. I would have. It would have just been that would have been it because I would have known that what I was going to wear was going to put me in the bottom. So at least get something that's like a fierce picture or or yeah. fan art out of it. Absolutely, like, I wouldn't yes. want my fan art to be ten bags duct tape <laughs> to my top. So the audience for this one was four percent bagot, ninety six percent flagot, and, and one I person I did call out. I was like, "What the hell?" He's like, "I think I did that on an accident." I was like, "It better have been an accident." I want to talk to these 4% of people. Yeah. I really want to have a conversation. You can feel free to slide, slide me there. I will. I'll, I'll send them <laughs> over. Next, we have Elliot with two Ts. Uh, the hair was by Elliot. The jewels by Tiffany Bonet. As we kind of said already, this is Elliot possibly at her shining moment. Um, I think yeah. you can not clock. It was a beanbag chair, which I think is what made it a very successful look as well. Um, I think pink and white is a great color combo for her too. I do feel like she spent a hell of a amount of time constructing a jacket and not a hell of a lot of time constructing a skirt. Fully. Yeah. Because um, it was the skirt and the top that were two different pieces, but they're very, very generic. But when you're distracted by that cape, okay. And That's it almost would have been better for her to have the bag, the jacket closed. Oh, fully. Absolutely. I don't even know if she had enough material to do that if she wanted to. To close it? If it, 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 there's so much material there that it looks like it, it could have closed. Yeah, I guess she, she could have put like a little button in there to keep it closed so she didn't have to hold it on the runway. Yeah. But yeah, I think this was very sexy and almost a better option for her Miss Bunny, money bags look. With the exception of the skirt, the skirt was like a caveman. Wrap. <laughs> yeah, it totally was. I'll, like, I'll give it a close to aesthetic for me, because everything else, like even the bando bra, worked if you had a fitted bottom. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I'll give it a bagot. I like it. I'm still giving it a bagot as well. Audience was 75% bagot, 25% flagot. Next is Tamisha Aman. 
I think this was an example of Tamisha trying to push herself to do something out of her box for the challenge, but she just chose the wrong materials. It's not good. No, the coin purse and the skirt is a concept fine, but because the buttons really didn't align, it showed that it wasn't really constructed as beautifully as she wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, it there was just too many textures. It wasn't, right, that's what it is. It wasn't cohesive enough or not cohesive enough. Yeah. It had to go more in one direction or the other. So there needed to be, it needed to either be not, like the silhouette of it is so every day still. Like the silhouette of the garment is still so every day yeah. that all of the pieces and textures didn't work. However, had you upped the silhouette into something we haven't seen that was abnormal, the, the, the conversation between the different kinds of materials used would have worked. Um, but since you didn't, the conversation between the different kinds of materials were just yelling over how basic the silhouette of the garment was. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate because I really liked her, but this is definitely a flag it, not for me. Yeah, it's a flag it for me. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, you should decide to take off a couple things. Like if that coin purse dress was the highlight and feature of it, and then there was something else that complemented it on the top, as opposed to something else that was also going for a highlight and feature moment. Or if it was a bigger expiration of highlighting on either end, it would have worked for me, but it yeah. doesn't. It's a flag it. 26% bag it, 74% flag it. Next, okay. we have Simone. It's incredibly basic, but it was a good use of beach bags. It was literally three pieces. She made it work for her. Um, and the thing I, is, she didn't sell us on the fact that she was going to do something great. So we didn't have any high right. expectations. I think she also constructed it in a way where she made sure like the formation of the lines didn't match up. So you could see that it wasn't constructed as beautifully as she would have hoped. Um, right. it, fooled, it definitely fooled the eye. Um, it was definitely like a pinup Barbie um, beach moment. But I think what was really cool was her hair and how she threw the elements from the bag into the hair ties. Right. That was cool. Um, however, as much as I love Simone, as great as she is, and as much as she served this look, I can't give this bag, this look a bag it. Okay. It's not, it's not, to, it's not clean construction. Mm -hmm. uh, she models the fuck out of it, but as an outfit, if you took that off of her, then it's not great. Yeah. Um, I, while I, I, I mean, now that I've seen her do it, I personally would probably wear it, but I wouldn't buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't buy That's it in the fair. store. I wouldn't make it for myself. And so I just have to give it a flag it over a bag it, even though I thought that she looked phenomenally incredible. It just didn't, it didn't do it for me. And I wasn't expecting her to. I was expecting her to survive this. Yeah. And she more than survived it. But I don't think that that is, if, if I'm going to give flag it to, a flag it to Tamisha Aman for her lack in uh, construction, I also have to give a flag it to. That's fair. For her That's fair. You convinced me I'm going to give it a flag it also. The audience was 59% bag it, 41% flag it. Again, I think there's a love for Simone and that's why it leaned over that way. Right. There's a love for Simone. I could watch Simone walk out in a paper bag 
yeah. just a paper bag and love it. So didn't take away from how much I love her. Also, it wasn't a great outfit. Right. It wasn't a great outfit. Olivia Lux, hair by Hats by mm-hmm. Carlos. Um, she used holographic bags to really create a basic top and bottom. Um, the corset needed to have more bags to fully cover it up. But I think the inclusion of the shoulder pieces and the headpiece really elevated the look because it was it really made it more than a top and bottom. And I think she should be commended for that. But again, I think it's so interesting to see her journey right now because she started off the season as like a super contender and she's kind of fading in the back a little bit, which is hurting my heart. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that this look was bad uh, by any means. And I didn't think that, I think that she used what, she didn't have enough material to cover the whole bottom of it. Yeah. And so she used the material she did have wisely, which is not something we saw with um, uh, La La Reed. Right. Um, because the whole thing didn't have to be covered out of this bag. It just had to be incorporated. It had to be used in it. it had to be the part, the standout part of it. Um, and I thought that it was that. I thought it was creative. I thought that even though the silhouette, the silhouette wasn't like the grandest thing you've ever seen, but like you guys, there's like five or six different silhouettes to create that yeah. are like like the typical ways of sewing, unless you're making something that doesn't make you look human. And that's also fine. But, uh, but there's like five or six different ways to do things. So this is one of those ways that mm-hmm. I thought done well. I like the reflectiveness about it. I love how she pulled it into her makeup right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that was a pretty cool concept. Um, nobody else really took that risk. Yeah. And yeah, I thought it was definitely safe but it was a good safe moment. For Absolutely. Her. I'll give I, it a bag it. Yeah, I'll give it a bag it. Audience was 75% bag it, 25% flag it. Next is, oh no, I'm sorry, 84% bag it, 16% flag it. Mm-hmm. Next we have Got Mick. Um, and this is like Joan Jet meets cyberpunk robot. Um, I think it's a neat look and I love that she's showing off her body and it's editorial. Um, I would have loved to see her deconstruct the drawstring bags a little bit more, but overall, I think this is again a, a cool silhouette and a different style. I think it's a cool silhouette. It's a different style. It's a knockout of the park. I love what she did with the bags. I live for everything about it, and I do not think it was the winner of this week. I think that the next person walking down the runway was the winner of this week in this category. For me, um, I just there is something exciting about how uh, um, scale back, scale down it is, but it's also scale back and yeah. drag race. So I like when there's more. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I'll give it a bag it. I'll give it a bag it though, but I like when there's more. Yeah, the audience was 75% bag it, 25% flag it. And now we get to talk about Rosé, and I love this so much. Like, uh, it's pulled together so well. Yeah, yeah, this is how you serve it on the runway. It was magical. Like, she gave life to the garment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It moved beyond her. Yeah. It was such a hit out of the park. You could even tell the kind of bags that have been made out of without being able to see that it's a costume made out of bags. Yeah. Like the costume could have been made out of something to look like bags, even though it was bags. It was mm-hmm. just camp drag meets fashion done yeah. really right. I was blown away by how great she is, honestly, in this yeah. episode. Yeah, 
it was what was really interesting also is like she used this big hair and i'm curious to know if she that was big hair she was going to use for another look or if she just brought that with her because it was very specific hair um but no i think she did the two-piece look very well done but rosé picked the right bags to make this work because right. it is so robotic fantasy and i i knew once she picked those bags it's like you can make something amazing out of it and honestly, yeah. if she came into a bar wearing it, I everyone would live for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so this was a complete serve for me. I loved complete it. Serve, complete serve, bag it. I live for every bag it. 78% bag it, 22% flag it. Well, Next, okay. I know, right? Next is Tina Burner. And this one was interesting to me because it was a leather beanbag chair that was turned into a dress and beret. And honestly, I'm going to say this. I think this is showcase why Tina's one of the best seamstresses in New York City. It's simple, but the material was hard. I think it's one of her better moments. Um, I love that she's still on brand. Mm -hmm. And I think that this was her time. Normally what we don't see from Tina is this is my time to work the runway. And it was her time to work the runway. And guess what? The bitch did. Yeah. She walked. She Mm -hmm. walked on all of us hoes. And I was really, really impressed with her, um, not only delivery of the garment, but her delivery of the garment on the runway. Like, I agree. Not only her construction, but delivery of it. And then the, ye- the yellow suspenders, uh, the, the straps were great. Yeah. Um, the hair was great because it's not something you normally would see on Tina. Um, and then she added gloves. She made gloves. Yep. I thought it was a great look. I will bag it. And then the same amount of time she did that, La La Rie, glued bags to a corset. It's true. It's true. Bag it. Bag it. The audience was not a fan of this one. They were 37% bag it, 63% flag it. And I was really? like, are you kidding? That one shocked me. Next, we have Candy Muse. Um, hair by Double D Wigs. She loves being slutty. I admire her for being in tune with her body and, and loving it. Um, it's not the most perfectly constructed look. And I think there was just a lack of storytelling with this look. But I am the hair was great. The hair was excellent. Really here for it from the waist up, actually, because I love, again, yeah. her body. I love the bra. It's, the bra was it's great. All those little parts of the bag put together. But the bottom of it felt like she took the actual whole bags and put them together in a way that it just didn't work out as well as it did for Rosé. Right, I agree. I will flag it. It's not my favorite. Flag it. Audience was 38% bag it, 62% flag it. And finally, in my opinion, one of the greatest design challenge garments in franchise history, Utica. Yeah. There was just so much whimsy in this with even just the particular sleeping bag she had to choose from but she made it high fashion. Mm-hmm. It's constructed expertly. I really don't know what to say. I'm in awe. Yeah, I was in awe. I was blown away by it. And that's why I won't write her off as a possible winner of this yeah. season. Th- Honestly, this episode was her. Because she can goop us like that. Who knows what else is in store from this queen? Yeah. Who knows what other tricks she has up her sleeve? Absolutely. Um, I, 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 again, I don't know what to say. Cause like even the makeup and the short hair, it all tied together so well. Mm-hmm. I I blown away and and I I just I just love it I love it, Flat, uh, bag it bag it bag it. 
Bag it, bag it, bag it. 97% also, bag it, 3% flag it. Also, somebody could have just went as bag of chips for this episode. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Much better. Much better. <laughs> Those were our 36 looks. We got through it. Rue has decided Denali, Elliot, Simone, Olivia, Tina, and Candy are safe, leaving Joey, Lala, Tamisha, Gottmik, Rose, and Utica as the tops and bottoms. Mm-hmm. I agree with the, the placements, I think, overall. Not sure I agree with the results, but where they landed. The again. The placements again. I'm so sorry. I'm so the safe queens were Denali, Elliot, Simone, Olivia, Tina, and Candy. Tops and bottoms were Joey, Lala, Tamisha, Gottmik, Rose, and Utica. I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. We do learn that Gottmik is deemed the winner of the night, winning $5,000 cash tip. I would. You've given already that said to Rose. you would have given it to Rose. I would have given it to Utica. Yeah. But everyone, the, the three of them did very well. And I think it was just a matter of taste. And I'm also going to say, I think it's a matter of storyline of needing to give Gottmik a win in case they get to the end because I don't I, okay. I don't I don't know if Gottmik will get any other wins because not necessarily the best performer and you have some superstar performers that'll probably outshine her in some challenges but we'll see because we'll she hasn't done bad as a performer in any yeah. challenge so you never know what's on the rise we'll see Utica is safe Rose is safe it's Lala Versus Joey J, meaning Tamisha Mon is safe, and I think a lot of people were not happy with that on the, the back of the row. Um, um, I do think that Tamisha did better than Joey J, and I think it, when you wore what Lala rewore in the last challenge, you are in the bottom. Absolutely, absolutely, and usually and wearing think, something like that immediately sends you home. Tamisha did better than Joey J. I agree. I agree. Um, and 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 that statement, I think that she did just as good as candy yeah well candy that. had that one look in the beginning that was knocked right. out of the park so like almost as good as candy like they're in the same level mm-hmm. you know the song is fancy by iggy azalea yeah i love that song i do love that song not a great lip sync song i love iggy azalea as well only thing i don't necessarily love about iggy azalea is when people like think that she created certain things about rap that she didn't like you know she came up with that cream song the cash was everything around me which is a thing that has been said and done and sang about in rap before and like I was humming it one day and my friend was like oh yeah the Iggy Azalea song and I was like no (laughs) no there is a space for her in music that has been considered black before because there's a space for everybody in it but we're not about to start giving some white people credit for the shit that black people created we are not gonna do that so I do love her um but I also just wished it I think that I'm sorry to, to go on an Iggy Azalea tangent. I wish that more uh, female rappers who are people of color got the same opportunities that Iggy Azalea gets primarily because she is a white rapper. Absolutely. And in and, and a, and a game that's uh, primarily uh, uh, people of color involved. So yeah. It's true. It's true. Performance. So Lala takes off the purse hair, brings you the attitude, even as the literal bags fall off of her corset. 
Um, Joey is an entertainer, but it, just not as dynamic as Lala. She doesn't have the flair that catches your eye. But when you only have bags glued to you, you're fighting, girl. Yeah. And also, you only have bags glued to you, so you can do whatever. You have the full range of your motion. Right. You know, trust me, as somebody who knows, because they were trapped <laughs> on a runway and a yeah. leather gown, you know, uh, with five other people, the more space you have to, like, move around yourself, the better. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, as I said, should Lala have gone home simply for the look? Probably. And that's happened in the show before. But I think Lala had the edge in performance. And I just don't know if Joey had anything else to show. If you whip your hair and hold your ponytail, it doesn't matter. Yep. In the end. The, the, The highlight of you being able to whip your hair is that it stays on without you holding it. <laughs> yeah. If, it, if you have to hold it, then it's not a spectacle anymore. Right. Just an FYI, general statement that I'm putting out to drag queens <laughs> everywhere. You gotta hold it here or hold it here. It's not, it's not, it's not a gag. It's it true, it's so true. Gag. It's like laying down on the ground and then positioning yourself into a dip. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, there's no spectacle here. That's, now you're just laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's true. And in the end, Lala stays and Rue tells her to set her pussy up. So that's a warning. All and the way. Joey's sash- like, sashay's way. Put your pussy on an escalator. Like it needs to move up fast. Yes. Yeah. Joey's disappointed, but has no regrets. And until next time. And we're going to go through Untucked a little bit because. Yeah. I have been saying that like I've been liking the international seasons version of Untucked where they're just doing like a little junior season in the middle of their show. Because we haven't really gotten much out of Untucked. We got everything we ever needed out of this Untucked. So let's keep Untucked the way it is. Oh my yes. God. Um, before we get to the fun of it, uh, Olivia was confident with her costume and doesn't know what else the judges are thinking about her. Simone yeah. is overcome with joy and that she made another week. Candy wants to get into it. Uh, she's a little bit gagged. She's happy to be safe. And the ball is the challenge to win. But to her, some of the best looks on the runway were safe. I want to know which ones she thought were, were, were those people. Um, Denali thought maybe she could have won, but she's peeved that she's not in the top. And Olivia feels confident in what she's doing, but the competition is about the opportunities to speak to Rue and the judges. They're sacred, and being safe is not a great place to be in her head. And then she starts talking about the inner saboteur, and I'm sure Rue is going to be so thrilled and when she gets to talk about that with her. Candy is being read for her looks, but she thinks her looks this week were on point. So the fact that she's not standing up there being critiqued is beyond her. And I find that really interesting because again, the top three, she wasn't a match for them. Yeah. She wasn't, she's not on their level. Not at all. Not on the level of the top three. She's not on the level of, who's the fourth person who didn't make it into the top three? Olivia. Mm-hmm. She's not yeah. even turning out looks on the level of Olivia. Yeah. Well, they um, all believe that Rose, Utica, Mick are the tops, Lala, Tamisha, and Joey are the bottoms. It was easy to, to know that one, but. Yeah. Candy says that she thinks Tamisha for someone who knows how to sew for a living, knowing how to sew and have taste are two different things because the taste level was not there. And we, we discussed but, it. She, that is accurate. But, 
I mean, I live for that compliment. I mean, that statement, because yes, that is true and accurate, but also Candy's taste level hasn't been there on the show. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I would agree. I, I think agree. everything about her boldness and her veracity has been compelling and I love her on the show, but her taste level, for her to be a, I mean, I guess she did disown Aja because Aja always brought looks. Absolutely. She doesn't know what went wrong with Lala, but it sent her right to the bottom. So she also wants to know who should go home. And it seems like the consensus is they all say Tamisha. Elliot is the one who doesn't answer until she's pressed. And she doesn't get an answer because ultimately Olivia asks a question to the group. And Olivia asks, since they're not being critiqued, is there a critique that they could give to each other? And this is that can opening with the worms flying all over the place because... And how lucky is Olivia to be the person asking the question, not the person answering it? Correct. I mean, it's definitely a backfall into the background move, but also... Yeah, so without accepting the critique, Candy jumps in on Elliot and tells her that she needs more self-awareness and needs to learn how to read the room. She tells her that she needs to stop trying so hard to fit in. And of course, this is Candy telling her this as a sister. And rightly so, Elliot is very confused to where this is coming from. I know personally if someone doesn't ask me for a critique or what I thought of their whatever, I'm not going to give it. I mean, unless you're on RuPaul's Drag Race and there's cameras in front of you. Right. Talk or be or go home. Yeah. So Elliot wasn't prepared for this because she didn't want it. Right. But you are on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like you're going Absolutely. to get critiqued. Yeah. That, that's, that's a, you know that's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, she's very calm and responds in a way that is fine. But Candy just keeps going on that she needs self-awareness and that if they had any critiques in the room, this was hers. End of discussion next. She didn't even allow a conversation to happen between right. the two of them. Before we can even get anything else from them, the tops and the bottoms return. Tina nails exactly who the tops and the bottoms were, but she wants the tea. This is when it all starts. Tamisha's gonna speak for herself, and she goes in and says that there are a couple of girls that she doesn't care for, but she has to commend them on their drag. She's old school and they are doing drag. She knows why she's in the bottom, but she is giving props where props are due. She didn't need to add that little part about the people she doesn't care for. That causes the controversy. I mean, it causes controversy. I think she needed to have it because I'm always like, I'm here for the drag and not the drama. But this is, I think this is drama that should be explored because a lot of times in the drag community, because another person's drag is different than ours, we don't see it as on our level or as competition for us. And I know that it's a conversation that I've had to have with myself about like what makes somebody's drag or artistry inferior to yours on a consistent basis because so much about being a drag queen is like knowing and feeling that you are the best and you know it it, it's a place that i think every drag queen needs to check them fucking selves like are you exuding confidence while without making who you are in your brain even better than anybody else because if in your heart or in your mind, you believe there is some quality about you 
that is better than anybody, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. Yeah. There's going to be things that you do greater always, just like there's going to be things that every other person does greater always. No one's better. You know, my, my dance teacher growing up used to say, you have not arrived. And like that whole, like not on my level thing makes me feel like some of these bitches think they've made it. Yeah. Like, no, you're on a reality show. You have not arrived. I mean, this Candy on her entrance, Candy in her entrance um, confessional was like, I've already made it. I, I used to walk into rooms thinking it was already, I was already a Rue girl. Um, and that's a great confidence to have, but it is a bit arrogant. Right. Um, and we live in a world too, where like the success is to make it to RuPaul's Drag Race as a drag yeah. queen. Where so it's like you had a thing in her head. She thinks this is this is making it. Yeah, she did the thing. So but Tamisha, a lot it, afterwards, girl. Yeah, Tamisha doesn't care for some of the girls because of the nasty attitudes. And Candy's like, "Why are you looking at me?" Tamisha says that she is one of them, and Candy doesn't think she's nasty attitude. She just thinks she says it like it is, which is a very slippery slope when that's how you feel that the kind of person you are. Right. Tamisha says it's arrogance because she's overconfident. And then Candy poses the question to the room as she is in complete shock. So Rosé jumps in and says, yes, you know you're arrogant. But Simone says she doesn't see arrogance. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm almost curious if there's like these little mini friendship alliances forming in the room that is causing this little friction. And if you look at how it was divided, it's the, the winners from the lip sync challenge against the losers from the lip sync challenge. Um, striking a nerve, Candy starts in that every morning, every single one of them smiles at her face. And if that's, if she's arrogant, they should call her out on it. Like she does about everything she says in the workroom. Mm -hmm. Candy and her arrogant confidence then say that it's not her fault that she can walk, walk in a room and light up the room and they can't, which is really, again, I know she's in her emotions. She's feeling it. She's ready to fight, but that's not fair to say. Right. So Candy now starts pointing at the girls and asking if she's arrogant to them. Lala, Simone, and Olivia say no. When she gets to Elliot, she goes a little bit. Joey is saying right now, yeah. Rosé says some of the things she said is arrogant. Candy says, call her out if she is. So Joey says she's arrogant now. And Candy starts yelling and getting defensive for being called arrogant. You literally just asked for something and now you're getting mad at them for doing it. So Tamisha starts talking, but Candy goes, if you don't have star quality, get the fuck out of here. I feel like right now the, the fans would say Tamisha has a bit of star quality. I think that everybody who made it into that workroom has star Absolutely. quality. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's thousands of people who apply to be there. Yeah. And to think that you have more star quality than anybody else. You know, I always say, if you celebrate yourself so hard, it leaves us very little room to celebrate you. I love like, that. If you I do it that. for yourself, then it leaves me very little room to celebrate you. You've got it covered. And that's what it sounds to me like with, I love Candy. And I think there's a lot of things to celebrate about her. Mm -hmm. But if she wants to celebrate them all by herself, then I'll allow that. Yeah. You know, and I say that with the utmost respect because I think that she's a phenomenal performer. I, from the, from the Meet the Queens, wanted to see her in the top. 
I still want to see her go very far in this competition. The only reason why I would say that she's not one of my top performers at the moment is because her run weights have been so weak. Yeah. But she does have star quality. Absolutely. And a lot more than most of the people there. I will give you that. But she's not on a higher level. Because if you look at those runways, they haven't matched queens like Mick or Utica or even Olivia. Or yeah. like in a lot of cases, not even Tamisha's, whose haven't also been the greatest. Um, so like, it, it, like if you held her last runway up to Tamisha's, I don't think that either of them are better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Tamisha says she's been around for 30 years and Candy goes in for the attack with, but you're in the bottom tonight. Tamisha said what she said. Tina knows how, doesn't know how they got to this point and wants to know where this conversation from Tamisha came from. And Tamisha says that it came from observing some of the girls and trying to give credit while still addressing the issues. And then Candy is just not having it. So she gets up uh, ready to punch a wall because she's tired and she's tried. Tamisha starts to follow her. Candy circles around. Candy doesn't care what the bottom girls have to say about her. And Tina says that what Tamisha said was unnecessary because they didn't ask that question. And then I ask, but when do you get to decide what the questions in the conversation get to be? So yeah. it was a really trying moment. I mean, it got to the point where the queens who were not discussing it were like, I'm going to go work on the lip sync for the weekend. Uh, Candy wants to go outside because she's going to hit a bitch. And Tamisha is like, you're going to hit me. And then they get in nose to nose, throwing out words. So got me. Hey, nobody throw no punch. No, no punch. Hey, nobody no punch. Let me tell you something. I'm from West Philly. If I stand and hit you, I've, I'm, I'm going to hit you. Like that was your, like, I'm going to hit you. Yeah. I'm not going to threaten you because a threat is already illegal. Yeah. So if I say I'm going to hit you, I'm probably going to hit you, <laughs> yeah, which is true. why I wouldn't say that because I'm not a violent person and I don't hit people. But I'm also not some punk ass bitch who is like going to like say I'm going to do something that I'm not going to do. Like you are not going to hit nobody, Miss Candy, on Drag Race because that punch is not worth the possibility of $100,000. I agree. So why, why produce an empty threat and call yourself a real bitch? That to me has like... If you would have said, bitch, you keep talking shit. We got three more weeks in this motherfucker and I'm going to punch the shit out of you afterwards. Like, that would have been understandable. But it's an empty threat if you say you would be down to punch somebody and then walk out of room. In the hood, we call that some, like, yip-yap shit. Like, that's not that's not real gangster. Sorry about it. And Tamisha was like, do it. But also, like, if somebody says they're going to hit me and we're in the hood, I am also going to hit you first. So, yep. <laughs> like, also, like, what the fuck? But I get it. Because $100,000 was worth more than throwing a punch. So I wouldn't have thrown a punch either, but I wouldn't have threatened to do it. Because Absolutely. if I was going to punch somebody, I simply would punch them. Yep, there you go. There you have it. Not that I agree with punching people <laughs> or I think that violence is ever the answer. But if I was going to be violent, I'm not going to talk to you about it first. Right. That is not a gangster move. Sorry. Yep. Not hurt for me. Got Mick, Tina, they take candy outside. They're not wearing masks. Uh, which I'm curious about because the week before everyone was wearing masks outside, but they were, they're they're well, holding so them they, up, yeah, yeah. Candy asks if she's crazy, and Tina and Gottmik say, "Yeah, but it shouldn't have been brought up the way it's been brought up." Candy thinks Tamisha will be going home. Goodbye. She's done with her. And then suddenly, it's almost like you made a cameo as they are visited by a bee. 
And the three of them go screaming and running, and that was funny. It yeah, broke that's tension. What they honey Davenport three times every post. <laughs> Nobody ever has before, so don't worry. <laughs> um, but I also love that they had like this yellow circle of around the bee to track where it was, and mm. that thing was literally chasing Mick around. Yeah, it loved Mick. Um, so Tamisha is not one to sugarcoat it, but Candy just can't take it in her mind. Um, the fight didn't bother her. She proposed and it proposed and it, she got in her feelings. Yeah. Candy and, and Candy, she's just not someone she cares for. Uh, so she thinks, go ahead. Is it just me or do we want to see a lip sync between Candy and Kamisha, Tamisha next week? Oh, fully. Absolutely. Fully. Absolutely. We need I want to see, see, we don't throw punches. We throw performances. Absolutely. I would have been like, bitch, I really want to get you. Let's both be in the bottom next week. Let's sabotage ourselves and be in the like, bottom, bitch. I'm ready. I mean, again, that's a real threat to throw th- out. Th- th- this is a produced television show. We all know. Yeah. I, there was, Den- should Denali have been in the bottom against Kimura? Possibly not, but it was Chicago versus Chicago. It was a good moment to have. Mm-hmm. So I could see them putting the two of them together. Oh. I felt the same way when Monet Shane sent home Dusty Ray Bottoms. Yeah. I didn't think they needed to do both me in the bottom. It just was like, oh, you're getting rid of a New York girl. Got yep. it. Mm-hmm. That's how the show works sometimes. Mm-hmm. So Elliot says for her that randomly telling her that she should be in the bottom and Tamisha says, exactly. Uh, you can say what you want, but nobody else can say what they want. It's exhausting. Candy, after letting it out a little bit, comes in and says that she says she wasn't trying to go off on anyone and what went on in the room was very disgusting, even on her part. She says what Tamisha did was rude and Tamisha agrees. Candy apologizes to the girls for going off. Um, She just wants to make sure that everyone is there kiki and having a good time. But just yesterday, they're like, you light up the room and then the next day she's arrogant. She wants them to pick a side and come talk to her. And that is the end of, I guess we'll call it round two, because we had the, the the last week and then this week. It's very, it was it was definitely one of those untucked moments. It's going to be talked about forever. It's going to be that the, a line uh, when they do untuck next season. And you know, like I said, I normally say I'm here for the drag, not the drama. But because I know each of these characters enough, and they've developed them all for me with their great storytelling this season, I think it's the best that they've ever done. Um, I, 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 I am in, interested. Yeah. I am yeah. interested in watching them work out these minuscule ass fucking problems on this reality show. And I think that there's things to be learned by, by it. Absolutely. Like I said, I think that like, as opposed to, uh, to um, attacking everybody like they have with like everybody attacking Candy, let's really all as drag queens professionally look into how we how many times we've had this feeling of superiority that that Candy felt, and then let's take a deeper look outside of drag and look into where we had this this superiority complex because those superiority complexes are ruining the world, you know. Like so, like it that this is a place where that drama can be actually something we benefit from, and so I love it. Um, in in those in those instances, and I think that this season is becoming like a season of great drag, non-stop outfits, really good challenges. They they are up in their level on some of those, but. Even even the drama and the lessons that we can learn with that have elevated as well. And I really, really think that's because we know 
all of these people. There's been so many times I've been at episode four and I've been like, um, you know, the one girl, th mm -hmm. that one, you know, like, so yeah. kudos to the team producing this show Absolutely. because that's not an opportunity that every girl who's come through those doors has had, you know? So true. Candy goes over to Elliot to say that she wasn't trying to attack. And if she took it as one, then she apologizes. She doesn't want that to be the cause of her having a bad experience. It was like a half-hearted apology, but also you take what you can get. Right. Elliot explains that sometimes she has a tone that she's not aware of, and she doesn't want people to think that she's a bitch. She says that Candy popped off, and she immediately goes on the defensive. And that was the end of that one. It was not, We got no resolution between the two of them either. So Joey is eventually eliminated and walks away really sad to leave the competition. But you have to be happy that you got to be on four out of five episodes only to be sent home second. Crazy. That part. Yeah, yeah. Joey Paxson is grateful for the experience. She starts to cry as she reads Utica's note to her. And I think that was one of the nods to Utica potentially being Miss Congeniality at this point. Um, also, I had notes from everybody except for Vanjo in my season and they didn't show me reading. No. Any of them? Weird. Weird. They were just like, get out of here. We're done with you, sis. <laughs> Joey's disappointed going home this early, and it's hard, but she's done things she's never done before and got complimented on it. So she's excited for what she gets to do with it. And I, I hope Joey does get to eventually travel the world and get to be seen from other people besides Arizona. She yeah. says the experience was validating, and she enjoys being different and still making it to the Olympics of drag, and this was just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good untucked. Unfortunately, it was not Joey-centric, and you, you know how that works. Um, <laughs> but, but she got, she, it, the episode was Joey-centric. It was. She, she did have her, her moments. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 I've said on the podcast many times, I watch reality TV all the time to the point of it's hard for me to watch a show because I watch the edit more than the show itself. I still don't understand how you were. <laughs> I, I just, you know what? It was actually, the, as time has gone by, I think it was actually absolutely perfect yeah. um, because it left me with the opportunity to have been on my favorite television show. Yeah. And even though the world didn't gain a big opinion of me from that show, it left an open space for me to give them the narrative that I wanted them to have, yeah. you know? So my story wasn't scripted or directed. And while it might not have as many people who have viewed and watched it, the elevation of the show alone has given me a space to t tell the world who I am. Yeah. And in a way, that's so much grander and so much better than them experiencing me through the eyes of reality television show editors. Yeah. Have I, ever, have I told you who I think should have gone home your episode? Who? I think it should have been Raja. I mean... But I think they I love, they they, they knew the drama she was bringing. They're like, we can't we can't get rid of her yet. I mean, I th I think that anybody except for me. But also, I love them so much and my right. great sister. But like, if you think that Scarlet Envy beat me in a lip sync, you are no. delusional. If Scarlet Envy thinks she's beat me in a lip sync, she's delusional. You saw her run back afterwards. Um, and uh, you know. Sugar and I have often talked about the fact that she was like sobbing at the end because she was like, no way that I beat you after that performance. It was one of those cases where um, I think that everybody else in that group had better, more developed storylines, was doing a little bit better at delivering 
what they wanted on a reality show. Like y'all say y'all don't want Tamisha or Candy to have spoken up the way they did, but they would be out on the next episode if they didn't. Right. And I know that because I don't feel like I delivered that drama on my season and I wasn't yeah. a part of those storylines. So it was just like, hmm, yeah, your drag is great, but we have a cast of people with great drag. So And that's that's and, always how I've defended you is you just weren't giving them what they wanted in the moment. And it's really interesting to talk about this episode because you did mention that you were talking you talk about dicks and politics. At that time, they didn't want the politics on the show. Yeah. Now they do. They because... don't want to talk about the dicks yet. So like, <laughs> right. maybe I'm coming back with, and, and, and the sexual revolution. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I still I still think you were wrongly eliminated. It, and sometimes it's okay being the robbed goddess of a season. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. It's done wonders for my life. Yeah. I have not stopped. Not like, not stopped. And when I say I've not stopped, it's not like that I've been doing club gig after club gig, little thing that, you know, little, little drag, like I've been doing it. I've been doing things that I never fathomed and um, working on projects that I, I never could believe in um, being sought after by teams of people that I never could imagine. So um, yeah. It all works out in the end. And yeah, people listening, if you have not listened to Honey's music, go please download it. Go watch I the videos. Did ready i probably had i mean i i sat in my feelings of just like all uh in the last few days because i took some time off to really just like put my head into developing my new project and i knew that like everything in drag it would come together at the last minute so i took a couple of weeks off mostly to like go to the beach and get stoned and clear my mind so i had space to dive dive into it and in the last two days, I dived in, developed it, had the meetings that I need to have to get it to the place that it's going. And it's so fulfilling. It's yeah. get ready. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm very, very excited for you. And and just watching all your su success after the show, it's been really, it's been amazing for me to see your journey. Thank you. And you are, and if people don't know, your support is one of the reasons why I was able to do what I did. So I'm really thankful. Yeah. It, it was it's fun for me to be able to have the anecdote that I helped you get ready for the show and ha and know all those crazy moments beforehand because mm -hmm. people don't really understand how hard it is to get onto Drag Race. Not not yeah. just the audition, to get there. It's hard. I, I cried most of the plane ride to LA, girl. I yeah. was just like going through it, you know? But it's fine. It was what it was. And yeah. I'm really thankful for it. Well, where can the listeners find you on social media and Venmo and, and your music? Where, where can we find you? The most important thing is those streams right now, baby. So check me out on Spotify and Apple Music or anywhere else you purchase music, even Amazon. Um, also, my YouTube is Honey Davenport Official. It has become very apparent to me that a lot of people like will prefer to watch my music. So get ready for all of the new uh, creative visual content coming out there, but I literally have crazy awesome things to post nonstop. Yeah. My content train is kind of fierce. Um, even in these two weeks that I've taken off, it's just been like, girl, you got so much that you can keep going. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, my Venmo is Honey Davenport Official, <laughs> as well as my Cash App. Um, and you can get the, I'm, I've been really coming up with some really cute merch that I'm really proud of that you can get at officialhoneyd.com or on dragqueenmerch.com. Amazing. So, yeah. 
Well, it was so much fun catching up with you and talking through this episode. It was an honor to have you. Same. I love you so much. (laughs) I love you. A huge thanks to Honey for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. Make sure you engage with me on social media and tell me what your favorite episode has been so far. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>